And, and I'll, I'll tell you guys, you know my favorite thing about Wednesday is sneaking by some fake stats. No way. Gentlemen, I got three by you no, this No week. way you did. Mentioned that Devontae Foreman had had his... Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host, Spencer Spillman. What's up, everybody? We're back for another episode of the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Spencer Spillman, my co-host, Zach Shannonay, and our producer, Zach Ballard. Oh, look at that. Getting another upgrade this week. Uh, you know, he continues to surprise me. Um, he even prints off our, our show rundown. When I even, even if I don't ask him to, it is getting better. Every yeah, week there's something better. Um, we are all on social media. Uh, I'm Spencer underscore Spillman. Zach Shannonay is French Bean eighty nine. Our producer Ballad is at Z Ballad. Our show is Sports Buzz TX. That's Facebook and Twitter. And our lovely sponsors, as always, at Strangeland Brew. Strangeland Brewery. Um, I'm drinking the Austinite Pills. Um, you guys got something new, huh? Yeah, Ballad came through this week. Uh, I think the guys at Strangeland hooked it up. Ballad, what do we got here? Yeah, the guys at Strangeland Brew really hooked it up. Uh, they gave us two new beers to try. You have, I'm going to say this wrong. I'm not good at reading. Everyone knows that. Phonics, <laughs> never my strong suits. The Almania Alt. Yeah, that sounds right, right? I'm going to say it's pretty close. It's close ale, enough. Ale mania, probably, because you know ale. That's what I would go with. I, would told, I was told there'd be no grammar. Um, <laughs> and, and then I've got the the plowshare. We're going to be trying these out today. I want to open these up, Jack. Oh, yeah. Woo! Cheers to a good show, guys. Cheers. Let's see what we got here. And and I'll, I just want to say thank you, first of all, to Strangeland Brew um, for for hooking us up every week and, and being so, so cool with us. Um, I also want to thank... Everybody that is now liking our Facebook, we took a huge jump in, in social media this week, guys. Uh, yeah, big shout out to the fans this week. Yeah. You know, whether it's just friends and family, that's enough. You know, we got, we're over 200 likes on Facebook now. If you are listening, please share this out. Show your friends, show your family, tell anybody if you like us. And go drink some Strangeland Brew on the weekends, on the weekdays, morning, whatever. Doesn't matter. Whatever suits your it's, lifestyle. The Austinite Pills is a beer for any occasion. That's right. Um... So, we do. We are on SoundCloud. Um, all of our episodes are posted on there. We are Sports Buzz TX on there as well. Um, and you know, we do have some some exciting segments tonight. Uh, it was a crazy week in college football, um, and we'll we'll get on that. Um, Uncle Max got some good picks again this week. Hopefully, um, Zach. Did you talk to Uncle Mac? Talk to Uncle Mac because I can be able to call in this week, unfortunately. That's okay. He's busy. He's a busy guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, But he sent me with his picks, and um, he's he's got some good stuff for you. 
And, you know, um, first of all, I do want to say congratulations to Victor Bailey Jr. Uh, he went to mine and Zach's high school, and he just committed today to play basketball for the University of Oregon, who's ranked in the top five in the nation, although they did just get beat by Baylor. But good university. They're it's on early. the come up. It's They're early. on the come up. He's in the top 100. Um, we will be talking about some college basketball tonight, and... For the first time in stra- in uh, the Sports Buzz history, we will have a call-in guest, a special guest calling in tonight to talk some college basketball. Um, that'll be around the end of the show, but stick around for that. It's going to be exciting. Um, so, Zach, what did you do this weekend? How was your weekend, man? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, quite uneventful in large scale, I would say, but a pretty good weekend. You know, went down to San Antonio, coached uh, my kids down at Texas State at an Ultimate Frisbee tournament. Right on. Uh, it was a pretty good time. Wait, wait, uh, Zach. You have children? Oh, lots of children. He's in charge of a none, lot of None children. proven. None proven. None proven. But I am in charge of them. He's in charge of a lot of them. That makes me worried. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, but... Anyway, Spitzer, how was your weekend? It was good. You know, I work in five days. I got a couple of days off. and uh, went the, play work, a, the working man's weekend now, yeah, huh? Yeah, man, I do. There it is. For now. Um, you know, I played a golf tournament, actually. I uh, played a little two-man scramble with a buddy of mine. Oh, exciting. Um, I mean, you know Brant. We worked together uh, yeah, yeah. down at the river. Um, yeah, we played a little two-man scramble for the Worst Open. Uh, it was actually Saturday of Worst Fest, so it was nice. exciting. And... We played pretty good. We I think we tied for fourth. We were put in the top flight because my handicap is too low. and um, It was a great time. We Shameless had, plug yeah, from Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did win a closest to the pin on one of the par threes. Got me a nice little $25 pro shop credit. Hey. Yeah, so that was cool. That'll get you three-fourths of a polo. That is awesome. No, I, I got a, a bright pink towel, actually, there, with, with a Land <laughs> hey, of Park logo there we on go. it. Yeah, it was sweet. It was sweet. Valid... You couldn't have done anything cooler than that. What'd you do? I had a fantastic weekend. You know, I started off the right way, of course, with a Austinite Pills from Strangeland Brewery, which is a beer for any occasion. A beer for all occasions, for, for sure. Any occasion. But I'm, I'm telling you, this beer they're having us try out, the uh, uh, the Plowshare, pretty good. Pretty solid? Pretty solid. Might but be stealing a sip or two from you. Uh, probably not. Um, so, <laughs> So yeah, we you know, I found myself. We we actually went went to Worst Fest on oh, cool. Friday, so we were pre gaming for that. So I picked up some Strangeland Brewery from H E B, uh, but you already guys already know you can get this stuff at Whole Foods. You can get it at Specs. You can get it at Twin Liquors, your your local liquor store as well. Uh, during football season, they sell the the burnt orange cans in six packs, twelve packs, which are perfect for tailgating. Yeah, and and you were telling me that a buddy of yours heard about Strangeland through the show and actually went. And bought a six pack from a gas station, and the special edition cans have a koozie on them. Some of them do. You, you that would, is awesome. You, you would be so lucky. My buddy sent my my buddy Big Mike. Shout out to Big Mike. Uh, he shot, uh, sent me a picture. He goes, "Hey, I was listening to the podcast. I I, I got thirsty. Go figure." And he went to his, his gas station, got a uh, a six pack of the Strangeland Blue, and. Would you know there was a koozie on it? Have you ever seen that before? I haven't. That's, that's the coolest thing. That's a thing. cool little deal. And I'm assuming with these these special edition cans, it was a burn orange koozie. That's right. Absolutely. Burn awesome. orange, go UT. So Worst Fest was a cool time? Worst Fest was great. It's always a good time. But, you know, there was just one problem. And that, that? that problem is I had to stop drinking Strangeland Brewery for a few hours because uh, they didn't have oh it at Worst Fest. Oh, my goodness. There's no way. What did you do, Valid? 
well, you know, I'm a trooper. I sucked it up, and I got me a few pictures of some other beers they were offering, which which were good, um, but they were not as good as as what I've been drinking lately. I'm I'm getting I feel like I'm getting a little spoiled these days. Yeah, I mean, I could have told you that. I mean, Strange Land Brew is a premium craft beer in Austin, Texas, man. Yeah, you know, and I, I should have known better. You know, with all the beer I was having over there probably had to be shipped all the way from Germany. If you live here in Austin, Strangeland Brewery, it's uh, brewed here in the city. Their uh, brewery is located at BK's Road and Highway 360 right behind Hat Creek Burgers. Um, so it's it's brewed fresh, so you know it's good. And they're open on the weekends, right? You can go out there and visit the brewery and check it out? Yep, they will let anybody come by who's 21 years of age at least, even you two guys. That's Friday from Sat- on, and uh, Saturday. From 5 to 9, you can try any of their 14 different beers on tap. We still got to uh, plan a time for us all to go out there. Yeah, we do. We need to go check them out. I want to meet the guys out there at Strangeland because uh, they, they are treating us really well. We got a birthday coming up. That is true. We might need to take a trip. Yep. Yep. Oh. Zach is uh, is hitting, what, 27? I think 27. Woo-hoo. You got it. Old man. Yeah, um, now yeah. my weekend, though, there, there was a small stint where I couldn't drink Strangeland Brewery, and that yeah. was probably the worst part of the weekend. Uh, but other than that, it was fantastic. My uncle actually called me the other day to tell me what he liked about the show, and he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check out the brewery with uh, him and his wife. They're gonna go check it out and let him know that they heard heard about it through our show. So that's that's cool. I, I hope he enjoys it. I know he will. Cause he likes he likes those different beers. He's not a he's not a we call them craft. Light, he's not a light beer like kind of guy. Beers. He's not a light beer kind of guy. He's either a whiskey or a craft beer guy. So I, like I think both. I think he's gonna love it." Um, so yeah, man, this is probably one of the craziest weekends in college football, probably ever. Um, five of the top 10 teams lost and three out of the top five lost. What in the hell is going on here? That's what I was saying all Saturday long from start to finish from 11 o'clock in the morning until the last game ended at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. It was insane. Um, but we're going to start like we always do with every segment in the state of Texas with the University of Texas. And they lost a home game, Zach. And it's, you know, they, they didn't cover the spread at home. They lost at home, which is a first of the season on both. First. Um, the only thing that's consistent is Deontay Foreman, man. I mean, honestly, the only thing that is consistent about that team is Foreman. And he's still not being talked about for the Heisman. It's a pleasure to watch, though, man. I mean, God, week he's in so and much week fun. out, that is He didn't exciting. score a touchdown. West Virginia's probably got arguably the best defense in the Big 12. But he carried it 35 times. He was a workhorse. They jumped on his back and just rode him all the way. They had no, They had nothing else. The only other player on the team that did a single thing, I mean, Shane Bouchelle had a good day. But the only other playmaker was Dorian Leonard. I mean, that kid is going to be a stud. Tall, big, fast receiver who can catch the ball and go up and get it. I really like watching Dorian Leonard play. I think Colin Johnson is just as equally exciting to watch. I mean, yeah. he's, he's another young guy who's come in and, and befriended Bouchelle. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of shows it's not very consistent yet, but he caught that 20-yard touchdown for him. And, I mean, yeah. he's another big target that's got some speed. And just, I mean, if we get a little bit more consistent offense, I think they'd be great together. Great Texas Texas should have won this game, man. I'm I'm so frustrated with it. And, Ballard, I know you went to the game, but I'll let you tell us how it was there. Um, watching on TV, they Texas dominant. I mean, they led in total yards. They led in turnovers. 
and they let in time and possession. They should have won the game. They forced four turnovers. You force four turnovers, you're going to win most football games. And I think they only had, like, seven points off the turnovers. It's just ridiculous, man. These, it's the same story every time we have this. Like, that you win the turnover battle and you don't do anything with it. You can't turn it around and switch the field and score. It, it's so frustrating to watch every week. I mean, what was the atmosphere like in DKR Saturday afternoon? Saturday, it was a Saturday morning game, huh? Saturday morning, it was it was at eleven a.m. Um, it it was it was weird. So it, the the stadium didn't feel full. I feel like fans are becoming a little less excited about about UT football, especially with the product that's been on the field lately. Uh, to your point, Devontae Foreman was the most exciting thing about the game. You know, he doesn't find the end zone for the first time in five weeks, but it's you know he he looks good. Um, it, it, but, okay, so the end of the game for us was really weird. So they had the uh, the last play of the game where they they the refs look at the at the replay for a second, and they're trying to count how many men are in the field. Did, did you guys catch that from? Uh, so, I, yeah, and did everybody in DKR see what, what we saw at home? Twelve men on the field. No, no. Uh, you, you watch it, you watch it again, because I thought the same thing. I thought... There's tw- the, the number 12 is on the screen, and you heard the crowd erupt, and you thought, oh my god, we have another shot. And then you could, if, after you, if you screenshot that, you look at it, and for some reason, somebody forgot to put in the number 5 on the... Are you serious? There was no number 5 on the screen. Okay, so, so I'm I'm su- I'm surprised that y'all saw that on the big big screen. So they're on the big screen, and and by the way, we had we uh, my lady friend won tickets to the game. Your lady friend. Our our tickets are not very good, so we actually found a way to sneak into the student section. Nice. We both have baby faces still, so no one even yeah. asked. So yeah. we had great seats for the game. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we're looking up at the screen, and you see the bubbles flash up. Twelve men. The stadium's going crazy. You can hear it on TV because they don't because they don't explain it all what happened. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, I'm at a UT game. I'm, I'm I'm a little drunk and I have I have no idea what's going on. I left the game really really mad. Well, they actually so I got you. You saw the guy run off the field. They only played that play with ten guys. So there's only ten men there on the field. A, so yeah, because one guy, somebody at the sideline yelled, and a guy ran off the field. And so there was actually only ten. It was it was a really weird play. Um, yeah, Bouchelle threw for over 300 yards. Leonard had over 100, uh, had 125 receiving. Foreman continues to do what Foreman does. And, and while we're talking about Foreman, I'm going to sneak in a trivia question for you guys. Okay, let's hear it. So Foreman's obviously having a great season. Um, if Foreman rushes for at least six yards on Saturday against Kansas, which God almighty, if he doesn't, something really, really wrong happens. Oh God, you may have just given him the kiss of death. God, I hope not. Better wear that. Panda outfit or kangaroo, whatever that thing was. For real, the kangaroo needs to come back. So if Foreman gets, when Foreman gets six yards on Saturday, he will pass up another Longhorn legend for most rushing yards in a single season, putting him at number five all time. Do either of you know which legend he will pass up? Number five all time? Number five all time. Trying to think of which one of these good backs. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I know it's not. Ricky or Earl, I'm going to go with, I don't want to say Uh, Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson for Spencer. Zach, what do you got? 
I like where you're at with Cedric, but I'm going to go with your first instinct. Yeah. I'm going to say Priest. I want to say Priest. You are both incorrect. Jamal, Jamal. Charles. See, I there's thought Jamal, so many. I thought Jamal would be up there higher. Yeah, really there's did. so many. That's man. a way harder question than it looks like. There's it so is. many good Texas yeah. running backs, and, and we have one right now, but... It, it, and and, and uh, Warren, Chris Warren is going to be very, very good. So, uh, they, they've never had a problem pulling in good running backs. It, the past few years, it's just been the quarterbacks, man, and the, and the defense is underperforming on some of the guys that they have, and they have some huge talent around the country that's playing on that defense, and it's just it's disappointing that the defense does their job in a game, and the offense can't score on a turnover. Um, so Texas loses 24-20. to uh, They will go play Kansas this week. That's a 2.30 kickoff, I believe. Um, yeah, you are right. and then they got TCU on Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, the day after, so they they moved it this Whatever. year. Whatever, because nobody wants because it's not so worth the Thanksgiving game. Um, so the other team in Texas that everybody likes to talk about. Just touching on this before sure. we yep. leave Texas, I know we'll get to them later in the game against Kansas, but with this last performance of 167 yards, Deontay Foreman has now rushed for 11 straight games and is one game away from a 100-yard rushing game to break Earl Campbell's single-season record. That's awesome, yeah. I mean, that's a big-time name. That's probably the biggest name as if you know anything about Texas running backs. So, so the, before we move forward again, there's one really cool part at the end of the second half where Earl Campbell was on the field in the golf cart, and Foreman comes over to say hi to him as he's coming off the field. And I had a perfect view of it. It was super cool oh, to man. see the legend and the, the soon-to-be yeah, legend the prodigy, shaking hands yeah. and uh, it, it was pretty cool. But let's move on to that other team in Texas. Yeah, that other team in Texas, um, University of Texas A&M. They were back at home after tough week. As you, I mean, you could say it was a tough week. They lost and lost their quarterback. Um, so Jake Kubernack was playing... Starting his first game, and Ole Miss was without their starting quarterback, Chad Kelly. And man, it was just a weird game. It was that defense, as much talk as there was coming into the season about how good AM's defense really was, and all these NFL talent players they have, their offense is just, I mean, especially without Trevor Knight. Hubernack didn't do anything. Travion Williams didn't do anything. And that Trevor Knight injury is starting to look like it's much bigger than we originally thought. Even with Chad Kelly being out, Ole Miss threw for, what, 380 yards, I think. Um, they, they threw for 338, rushed for 152, and beat A&M 490 total to 342. Yeah, they, they stomped on him. They stomped on him pretty good. I mean, they, they beat him in the first downs, 30-13. to 13. Penalties, 4 for 20 yards for Ole Miss, 8 for 67 for A&M. It was just a rough day, man. I mean, A&M didn't hold on to the ball. Miles Garrett and that defense just looks soft, man. That defense gets beat so much. And, and they get yeah. beat at the end of games. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you think they'd come out, get beat a little bit, and toughen up. But they, they get these big leads, and then their defense just forgets how to, like, play a game and, like, close it out. You know what I mean? Like, we've talked about this several times, and their MO has always been lack of defense, lack of closing out they a game. Finish. They cannot finish a game. 
And with a 15-point lead going into the fourth quarter, you think maybe they can hold on this time. But Ole Miss was finishing off a drive. They scored there. And Shea Patterson, the, the quarterback for Ole Miss in this game, my lady and her mom will not let me live this down if I don't <laughs> talk about Ole Miss because they played a heck of a game, man. Their defense kept them yep. in the game. Um, Shea Patterson, they lifted his red shirt mm-hmm. so that he could play this game. Wow. And, burn, I mean, burn. he went off. He had a crazy game. He was composed. He never lost that, like, intensity and want and desire in the game. And I think that's what was the big difference for Ole Miss, you know. I mean, they were just playing without anything to lose. And A&M was playing like they'd already lost everything, and so it really didn't matter. It was, it was a weird game, and it was a tough one to watch for the Aggies, man. Yeah. Um, you got something on it, Ballad? Yeah, I mean, you know, down by 14 going into the fourth. Shea Patterson really put the team on their back, you know. 15. But... <sighs> okay. I just said that, Ballad. Let's, <laughs> come on now. Hey, just trying to make sure you guys were awake. Look at that. Uh, Underlined in my, in my notes. You know what? Try to pull a fast one. I'm, you guys I'm are ready better. for you this week, Ballad. But 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 really, Hugh Freeze on record saying he had a man crush on Shea Patterson when he was recruiting him out of high school. <laughs> uh, he was the number one rated dual threat quarterback by rivals last year coming into into the 2016 season. He had a great game. You already talked about that. They burned the red shirt. Quick trivia question: Patterson was the number one dual threat by rivals going into the 2016 season. There were two other freshmen in the Big 12 who made the top 10. Can either of you name both of them? Both of them. Ooh, dual-threat quarterbacks in the Big 12. Obviously, they got to be freshmen. They're coming out of high school. Ooh, Uh, ooh, man, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Shane's one of them. Think so? I think so. Kid's got wheels, man. Can we have a, like a... See if I can figure out the other one. That'd be cool. Like a tag team event. If we get the trivia question. I mean, it's going to have to at this point. I don't, I don't know anybody <laughs> I outside got of these major oh, man. guys. Uh, I'm you trying know, to think of other quarterbacks in the so, Big 12. Iowa State quarterback's a senior, I believe. Kansas State, Kansas. I'll give you a hint. They just played a game in Austin. Yeah, I don't know who West Virginia's quarterback is. I don't know his Austin. name. <laughs> Skylar Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Jalen Hurts was ranked number nine coming into the season. The Bama quarterback. It's, oh. This just goes to show what this I've always said. It's a crazy crop of kids. So was it Shane? He got it, it was Shane Bouchelle okay. and Skylar Thomas. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, number nine. Well done. I will continue to stay rankings. Nothing but a number next to a name. Yeah. Um, one team in the Big 12 that continues to play well. Um, is that team that wears that ugly crimson and cream color? Uh, just north of the border, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, those, those guys. Um, they won 45-24 in Waco. And, God, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game other than I'm just so happy Baylor keeps losing. Um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield threw for 300. Mixon went for 124 on the ground. P. Ryan went for 100 on the ground. It was... Yeah, it, it just made me feel good. I mean, you can't stop OU right now. I, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find another defense, honestly, that can stop Oklahoma, man. I mean, they just have so many weapons. Between P. Ryan and Mixon, who... And Dee Dee. Between them can rush for 300 yards and have... 
and D.D. Westbrook and Baker Mayfield and the wheels that Baker has, you know, I just don't see anybody else getting in the way of OU. And, you know, Ballot, as we look for look towards the future, really, we could be talking about Oklahoma maybe sneaking a spot in the college football playoffs down the road. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, they're on a roll right now. After giving up 58 to Tech in their last three games, their defense has really turned on. They've, they've given up less than 24 points in the last three games. And I'm wondering, is is Tech now like the ultimate wake-up call? Like after you play Tech, do your do your defensive coaches come to the locker room and just ream you like you've never been reamed before? Because it seems like after teams play Tech, the defense seems to wake up a little bit. And that seems to be what happened to OU as well. It, it, but I'm trying to find a situation where OU makes the playoffs. Like is that something that can happen, Spencer? What are you well, go, go. What are you talking about wake-up call against Tech? OU played Tech. Yeah. After that game, they've gave only... Gave up a lot of points. And, and and the defense turned on after that. They've only... They've given up less than... Tw- or 24 okay, points I thought, or I less. thought you were trying to sneak one by while I, was, while I was trying to grab another beer and say they lost to Tech. I was like, OU beat Tech. About? There's no debating that. Okay. He's trying to sneak one by. Dude, he's trying. He's, he said they haven't given up more than 23 in the last three games. 24. 24, which they've given up exactly 24. 24 or less. Two. Slip of the tongue. This, this guy is trying. He's slip of the, he says slip, slip of the tongue, but he's doing it every single game. I mean, I, I, I think went and corrected that as we were talking about. I think yeah, it's yeah, fair yeah. to say these defenses in the Big 12 have reassessed themselves after Tech. Because, or at least That's going what I'm into trying Tech to say. Because, I mean, they've been the best offense in the league. You know, I mean, they just put up huge numbers. They don't have a defense there, and they know that. And so their whole game plan has always been to put up points. And I think it... It helps a lot of good teams when they play Tech because if you're going to play defense and you can outscore Tech, that's going to be a good day for you. Here, here's another question I have for both of you about OU. So so Baker Mayfield was in New York last year for the, the Heisman ceremony. He's having a good year. Does he make it back to New York this year? And it, is there any path for him to win the Heisman? Is he really there last year? He got invited? Baker Mayfield? Yeah. When he was at Tech, he, he did not get invited. I have no idea. We're gonna Baker Mayfield was at OU last year. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm Yeah. Uh, I get him confused because Trevor Knight went from OU to A&M. And Kenny Hill went from A&M, A&M to TCU. To TCU. Well, you're the expert. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to check on that because I don't remember Baker Mayfield being there. But How I, many I Strangeland brews have you had, Spencer? What, what's going I'm on? on? I'm on number two. <laughs> they are a beer for any occasion. A any occasion. occasion. Um, does he make it back there? I don't think uh, so. I think there's no. a better crop of quarterbacks that have played yeah. well all year long. That and he's I not playing don't... on a on a national recognized team. You know, you you have to be on a team that's I think winning a lot of games. I think and... OU's really overlooked right now. I mean, they're two lost team yeah. with with playing with a lot of intensity right now, and their offense is healthy. This is the first game they've really had Mixon and P Ryan both in the game. For like three weeks now, mm-hmm. and yeah. they showed up, and I mean it's really impressive. I I love watching this Oklahoma offense work because they do score a lot of points and they are really smooth when they do it. Yeah, and Samaj P Ryan's a kid from Pflugerville, went to Hendrickson High School. Yeah, he's he's a local boy, so it's hard for me not to root for him. Glad he's back healthy. He makes that OU offense just so much scarier. Um, let's get into the crazy. The first one we want to talk about being the number two team in the nation. Um, Ballad's writing stuff down. I feel like he's trying to 
Marking the time. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I thought you were writing down that you got For the got record, us. we're at 26 minutes and 30 seconds. This is going to be a long podcast. Yeah, it is. For anyone who's still listening. It is, it is. We got a lot to talk about. We got about. a lot of good stuff in this um, one. Yeah, so Clemson uh, hosted Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beat Penn State early on in the year. And now that Penn State's ranked in the top 10... Pittsburgh's beaten two really good teams. Um, they won 43-42 on a game-winning field goal, despite Deshaun Watson throwing for 580 yards. And what, five touchdowns? Yeah, oh, three touchdowns, but he did throw three interceptions. So, I mean, it was just a wild game. Um, it was really exciting to watch, and I, I loved it. I don't. I mean, I lo- I don't know about you guys. But I loved it. It was, it was drama all the way to the finish. It was high scoring. It was back and forth, and Clemson's defense could not stop Pittsburgh. No matter what they did, they couldn't stop them, and got them right into field goal position, knocked it down, won the game. I mean, it's one of those beautiful games, dude. We watched Penn State take down Ohio State earlier this year. It's got that same feeling to it, man. You know, they go on the road this time in Pittsburgh. Behind James Conner, man, just goes off. Three, 132 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I think he also caught one, another. One touchdown. Thanks, the, the one rushing touchdown, I think he also caught another one. Uh, yeah, you could be correct on that. Yeah, um, he did catch one. Yeah, so, I mean, good grief, man. But it, it was a great game to watch. You know, I, I was out and about, so I really didn't catch a whole lot of the game. But I left it kind of when it was at that 34-42 mark and Clemson got the ball back late. Yeah. It was one of those things where it felt like, okay, it's time to close it out. And, you know, I hadn't watched the game at that point. Pittsburgh came up with the stops they needed, man. They they got – and they got the pick. The pick was yeah. the big thing there at the end. And, yeah. you know, honestly, when, when you stay as unbalanced as possibly can get with Clemson, 580 passing yards for Watson – we talked about that. Yeah. But the 50 rushing yards, 50. come on, man. That That's the one thing that obviously kept Clemson from winning this game. And now we're looking at their their third really close game and their fourth if you throw in Florida State. And we're looking at them escaping 2-1 and one in those situations. And it's kind of looking a little bit more gloom and doom for Clemson yeah, if things and, and the fall off the part, wagon here. The sad part about it is, is they're – probably going to get a nod to the ACC championship because they beat Louisville. Um, we'll get to the playoff rankings at the end of all this, but um, yeah, they're going to get the nod in the ACC championship, and I, I just don't think it's fair. I, I don't think they're as good as they show up to be. Yeah, you go for, what, 630 yards of total offense, yeah. and you only have 50 rushing yards? That's, I mean, that's absurd. The three interceptions that's by like Watson. That's like the old tech. That's like the old Texas yeah. tech. <laughs> the, the three interceptions by Watson are huge, and they yep. killed so much momentum. And then at the end, they gave Pittsburgh a chance to win. And you know how and, many you know and, how many interceptions Peterson threw? Or Peterman? Zero. Zero. They had the one fumble. Yeah. That was it. Well, but that's because Peterman didn't have to throw the ball 70 times. You know, Pitt, runs, <laughs> Pitt has a balanced offense. They run the ball 38 times. They pass it 33 times. But what, what I want to give a shout-out to is the kicker, who has the worst hey, name ever. Pitt threw it 37 times. Did well, they? Well, 38 times. That's what I said. You said 33. Got me again. All right. I'm but a liar. But I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. 
Chris Blewett has the worst name for a kicker ever. <laughs> oh, he really does. Oh man, I almost wish he would have missed it just just to fulfill. He the missed name. one early in the game. No, he missed he missed an extra point. He yes. also missed a field goal. His coach comes over, gives him a, pesto, a pep talk, him a and, a little, and a little kiss, kiss on the cheek. Oh, hey, dying. hey, if that's, that's what love, it takes, if that's what it takes to win football games, yeah. Charlie Strong better start blowing some kisses, man. That for is real. Chris Blewett, worst name for a kicker ever, but way to go and, uh, and win a game for your school. I, yeah. tell you, I tell you what, though, Clemson, if you're going to be a college football playoff-ready team and you're going to have nine penalties for 101 yards and destroy anything you have going, you deserve to lose a game like that. You deserve to yeah, lose I, a close game I like agree that. 100%. Um, so going from the number two team in the country to the number three team in the country, uh, Michigan traveled up to Iowa, down to Iowa. I'm not good with geography. Um, or math <laughs> they, or grammar. They, they yeah. definitely went social down. Skills. I'm pretty good at grammar and social skills. I don't know if you know, Spencer, but Michigan is by the Great Lakes. Yeah, the top of the United yeah, States. Iowa's yeah. Midwest. I got it, yeah. Um, I, I was played some. They played some good games this year, and they played their best one against Michigan. Um, it was a really low-scoring game, a really no offensive – I mean – If you like Iowa, that Alabama-LSU game, you like the Michigan-Iowa yes, game. Yes. I'll tell and, you that And much. Iowa outgained Michigan 230-201. to 201. I mean, there was not a whole lot of yards, not a whole lot of touchdown, not a whole lot of scoring. And Iowa wins on a last-second field goal. And another one of those weird games like uh, the Ohio State-Penn State. You know, Penn State didn't do anything on offense that game. Got a block, scored a touchdown late. Mm -hmm. It was very similar to that. And, you know, Iowa took advantage and got the win. It's Michigan's a good team. They're a great defensive team. And this is the thing, though. This is what Michigan has been missing all year in their schedule is going on the road and getting a quality win against a good opponent. Yeah. And they had their chance. They had their chance against Iowa to really make it count. And they just couldn't move the ball, man. Their offense was really – it was a cold, windy kind of day, and it was just one of those Midwestern days, and yeah. Iowa just got the benefit of the doubt. And sure. You know, it's good for Iowa. I'm, I'm really happy they got that win. Uh, I'm sure my neighbor is ecstatic with his Iowa flag that flies every <laughs> Saturday. That's um, But this is their first win against a top-five team in six years. Ooh. So, I dug deep for that stat. Big ups to Iowa on that one. Dug deep for that stat. The, the, the QB play in this game don't was even, awful. Don't even start, man. I know you're going to try and go on some garbage. A combined QBR for both QBs of 17.2. That is just dismal. Neither of them could complete more than 50% of their passes. I mean, Iowa had more rushing yards than both of these teams had that threw for. It, it was it was a Big Ten kind of defensive just struggle, it, it feels like. But, you know, it's kind of fun to watch a game get one on a last-second field goal. That's always fun to see. And I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan can somehow sneak their way into the playoffs. They got to go through Ohio State, and, you know, they ran away with their game this week. I'm just trying to... Put your calculators away, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get into the, the playoff rankings and kind of how that's going to yeah. shake out later. Okay. But so, yeah, total QBR of 17.2. I wouldn't lie to you, Spencer. Yes, you would. You do it all the time. Um, Let's so, move on to Washington, USC. You, you, you would Washington. lie about a lot of things. Washington, okay. the number four team. 
Did you say? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because this guy, I know he said sixteen point something. I know he said they rushed for more yards than both teams passed, and that's a completely incorrect stat because combined, it's one hundred and sixty-nine passing yards to one hundred and sixty-four rushing yards for Iowa. We're on our game this week, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are getting better. You guys are getting better. Still not that great, but you guys are getting better. We're working together here without even thinking about it. We're both checking different stats on him. (laughs) Teamwork. Look at that. Yeah. Only took y'all four weeks. Yeah, the QBR thing was legit, but... The biggest surprise, the third and final nail in the chaos coffin. Well, not the the biggest nail, but um, the number four team in the nation, uh, Washington, at home against USC. And, dude, Washington got dominated. Yeah, ugly. They got destroyed. And USC looked like the UFC of old, man. They, They ran up yards. They... Controlled the clock and it just wasn't. It wasn't got ever two, close. They got two huge picks when it really mattered. They yeah. got the early one that set them up for the the first touchdown when it was three to three. Then on their very next possession, drove down and got the second touchdown to put them up seventeen to six, which is what they took half at. And I think that was the biggest momentum gain for USC was getting that early turnover to set their offense up because their offense has struggled whenever they've had to produce large drives this year. And I think getting that early interception, setting setting them up on the short field, really set USC up to have a good game. And they held on. They they played really, really well. And they have been playing well for the last couple weeks. You know, I think people sit on the Pac-12 a lot because Oregon and Stanford are down. But let's get over it. I mean, Washington State's having a great year. They're undefeated in conference. Washington just lost their first game of the year. USC has played well for the last month. You know, there's there's and more Colorado. to that conference. And Colorado. And Colorado, yeah. I mean, there's much more to that conference right now yeah. than I think people want to give them credit for because they're the West Coast offense, that flashy style offense. I think it's the most exciting conference in college football right now. I like it. I, I like the competition there. There's three teams that could, three or four teams that could legitimately win that conference depending on what happens in the next two or three weeks. Um... So really, the last, the last top ten team to really surprise me um, was maybe the most boring game of the day. It was Auburn going to Georgia, and God, man, it it was so hard to watch, and I really tried to watch it. And Georgia is not a good team. They've shown that this year. They they were overhyped at the beginning of the year and have gotten beat by some really poor teams. And you know Auburn was was in control of their own destiny. All they had to do was win out and and beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and they have a chance to go to the national championship. And then they just lay an egg, man. They lose thirteen to seven in one of the one of the worst games that I've actually sat down and watched. And you know, Ballard, I know. That, you, you, that Haley's Haley's a well. You say this is a boring game. It was boring. It's not a boring game if you're a football fan who appreciates good, hard-nosed defense <laughs> or really or, bad offense, or if you have a girlfriend who went to Auburn yeah. and an Auburn loss will ruin the entire weekend. Coming yeah. off a UT loss to go watch an Auburn loss is not a good recipe for a good weekend. God, I feel so bad for you right now. In, I, I feel bad that I yelled at you. In Auburn's defense. Sean White didn't practice all week. He he had a shoulder injury. I, I don't think that really – and in the Georgia – what's his name? The the quarterback 
Trivia question? Nope. Uh, uh, Chubbs. Jacob Eason. Nick Chubbs. Jacob Nick Chubbs e- comes. Jacob Eason? No, Nick Chubbs comes back to to play for Georgia. He was highly he's, recruited he's out running, of high school. He's the running back, not the quarterback. Running back, quarterback, same thing. Whatever. He comes in and he just makes it happen. It's it was a hard game to watch, yes, but when you when Uncle Mac you know puts money on the line in this game, makes it a little more interesting. When you got a, a lady at home who needs this game to go the right way it's a hard game to watch oh yes. man i will oh, say, man. i will say the one bright spot we can look at in this game is auburn's defense um the junior defensive end carl lawson got a half sack that was recorded this weekend he is now two and a half sacks behind uh the single season record which is currently held by nick fairley nfl player that was a good trivia question. You should have asked. Pretty him. good guy. You should have asked him. I remember him. Well, it's his lady friend. I don't know if he knows anything about Auburn, so <laughs> we'll we'll get onto it. I know but they need to win every weekend. He's that's got, all I know. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But he's at nine sacks now. He's two and a half away from Nick Fairley's record, um, and he's really close. This is a guy who came in the season with five sacks for his career. Um, he hasn't even cracked the top ten for Auburn's um, career record. Um, but this is a big year for him, and he's having yeah. a great year, and he's he's on the verge of making something big happen. Yeah, and it's it's a big win for Georgia. That's definitely their signature win of the year. I doubt they'll do anything else the rest of the season. Maybe Probably they'll not. surprise me. But it's a curse of the SEC, man. You yeah. put that many good teams, things get messed and, up. And they're having a really tough year in the SEC. There's yeah. a lot of teams that just can't keep it together. Really, Georgia's Alabama. one of them. And Alabama's the only team that is worth. A damn talking about. Um, I will say the the most interesting stat to me in this game, uh, Auburn had seven drives in the second half, not a single first down. Oh my! Yeah. Not, I did hear that. I wrote it down too. And I just forgot to one uh, first down. In I the saw half. that. I watched that. It was I wrote awesome. it. I wrote it down, and I forgot to put it on the on the guy. On Do you guess how hard it is to to look at your your lady and say, hey, you know, next drive. It's gonna all come together. You only you only need six points, and then every single drive, punt, punt, punt. All three and outs. Awful. Oh my god. And, and the only thing that won this for Georgia was the thirty-four yard pick six. The offense didn't even win the game. Yeah, them. it was a it was a tired game. Cheers. It, was, it was tired. Cheers to defense. Yeah, it yeah. was tired. Um, Let's move on. Speaking of Alabama. They are still ranked number one, if you didn't know. <laughs> we got a new ranking, but they didn't change. Yeah, crazy shakeup. Why didn't they just name them 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? They should be. They should be all of them. Um, <laughs> Ohio State is back in the top four. They jump up to number two. Somehow Michigan and Clemson come in at three and four. I am so confused. Somebody, please give me some real logic. I don't understand how Michigan and Clemson stay in the top four. Well, look, Michigan is an extremely good team. Their defense is their best quality, and their defense kept them in this game against Iowa on the road. They lost a tough road game. Granted, they needed the win to bolster everything else, but they lost a tough road game. Ohio State and Michigan, one of them's getting in. Yeah, I, I think you know sure. if they hold out until they play each other in what two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Something like, yeah, I think it's the last game of the season. Yeah, uh, one of them's gonna win it, and one of them's gonna take the title, and they're going into the playoffs. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. But they're two of the best teams that are playing right now. So I think you have to keep them in in the top five. Clemson, Louisville, again, I think one of them gets the nod over the other. I 
I just don't like Clemson, man. I don't either. I'm not a I'm not a fan of that team. Um watch Clemson's wa- the biggest mystery because they lose at home to a team that yes is good, but did not deserve to win that game. Yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll get to Louisville in in this week's game cuz I think that game means a lot. Um Washington comes in at 6, Wisconsin 7. And Ballad, you and I talked about this. Penn State Coming in at eight, they only move up two spots with all the shakeup. Five teams losing in the top ten, and Penn State moves two spots. It, it feels a like disrespect. It feels like total disrespect for Penn State, and and they're going to have a chance to play for the Big Ten title. I mean, they could jump Ohio State and Michigan. They, they only beat Ohio State. The only problem is their losses are bad. Their two losses are bad. But they're early in the season, and you know everyone besides Alabama right now has a loss. So, yeah. You no, know, what do you do with that? I I think they're like Louisville, where they need somebody to take that extra loss. Sure. They need Michigan to take the L and then beat Ohio State. Somebody, yeah, somebody and, needs to and lose. just make it weird. Um, but no, they they did they play? Yeah, they played Michigan. They lost Michigan, beat Ohio State. Right. Um, the only thing that they can hope for is that Ohio State beats Michigan, beats or loses. This this looks like a scenario. Beats. This looks like a scenario, Beats. though. It's a where, it's a weird it, it's a weird shakeup where where the Pac twelve could get left out again. Yeah, and that's weird because you know we like we just talked about Colorado is a solid team. They come in at ten on the list. Um, that loss to USC is gonna haunt them. It, yeah, it is, and it's. I think I think Washington has the best way in because I think if they if hold Washington, out, if Washington they post State wins, wins out though, but that's what I'm saying. If Washington wins out. They post big wins. Washington State, if they beat Colorado this coming week, which uh, we can talk about later, but if they get that, that'll come up huge because that's a big implication game this week. And I think if, you know, Washington just kind of holds on, they get bigger wins at the end of their year for the resume. I think they just have that route because I think it's just it's set up for them better. Yeah, and the only team in the Big 12 that really has a chance is Oklahoma. If they run the table, maybe – Maybe I still think the Big Twelve is going to get left out again. They're just—it's just not a good conference. I mean, they got—they got the two losses, which is what I mean. It's that number two. That number two is what's really. Yeah. It's either a necessary thing for a team to get, or it's what's killing a team to get in right now. Yeah. And and that's that's the hard part about college football, man. You get all this chaos that happens in one week that just throws everything through a loop, man. We thought we had it set last week. Everybody got in their right place, and then. Proceeded to lose. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It, it was exciting. There was a whole lot going on. Um, Val, what are you doing? You just texting? You've been texting all night. Yeah, I mean, so obviously I'm in a fancy football league, uh, as we all are. <laughs> as we all are. Uh, in one of my leagues, our commissioner just pulled a fast one, a, a total shade move. He straight collusion, stri- worst inclusion, uh, fraud, oh, fraud, straight fraud. 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 Stra- uh, That's I- white collar crime, man. Whoa! Here's the thing. So, so two weeks ago, <laughs> as a good commissioner does, he he sends out a dead uh the trade deadline notice. He says, hey. On the 16th of November, that's the trade it. deadline. If you're gonna make your trades, first off, every league should have a trade deadline, and mine does not. That's, the league I'm in first place doesn't have a trade deadline. Well, your commissioner is worse than mine, then, and I've got some bad things about this about my commissioner. 
Am I the only good commissioner here? I mean, is that is that you're Commissioner okay. Gordon just you're okay repping Gotham? Right you're now? okay. Um, so what's wrong with what's wrong with your league? So there's a lot of texting going on right now because we're all trying to figure it out. But our commissioner makes a trade post deadline today. The 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 trade deadline was 11 a.m. stand or Central Standard Time, and we see a trade come around 3 p.m. And lo and behold, one of our friends looks in looks in the league info because we play on ESPN, and you can take a look at that. And there's a a, a, a league setting change, change oh. pushing back the 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 deadline. So, so so yeah, clearly it's in his favor. In his favor to make a trade, it's it's total collusion. The worst part is he had to have another player come in and 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 allow him to do that deadline extension. <laughs> but it's like you know I'm already doing bad in this league already. And then, and then this commissioner, which is hashtag not my commissioner, um, not my commissioner, hashtag. hashtag not my commissioner. He he comes in and extends that trade deadline. Like I'm, I'm so done with with season long fantasy. Why don't you just Why don't you just do weekly leagues? Well, I do that. I'm not good at that either, but I do it. I mean, at least I feel like I have some control over it. You know what it. we should do? We should do a a weekly league where we just play for a dollar. Invite the fans that listen to the show and, and follow us on, on social media. A sports buzz. A sports yeah, buzz DraftKings League. Just go on DraftKings and, and we'll get everybody on Facebook and set up accounts and do what you got. Because I've, I've never played weekly leagues. Oh, I love that. I've been playing for a while. It feels... You still aren't going to beat me. Cause probably not. Really, you're, you're not any good. Yeah, you know, so, so this is what we're gonna do. I'll I'll post it on social media. Let's uh, let's invite our listeners if you wanna if you wanna participate in our weekly DraftKings uh, uh, league. It's only it's only a dollar. We only play for a dollar, and you can just just send us a message on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever you want to, and we'll we'll invite you. Just make sure to send us your. Uh, your your DraftKings username it sounds like Spencer. You need to make one. Yeah, I'll Zach, do you have, have a DraftKings account? I dabble in DraftKings every now and then. I like to go out and play the ponies. Well, and, Are and you any good? And let's see if I know fantasy. I'll say that much. Well, I mean, let's see if they can if they can beat the experts. You know. Well, you're the expert. We we are the experts, and and we're the ones sitting here talking for free. Um. About sports, so clearly we're the experts. So this is what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll make a post on on social. If you want to be in our weekly DraftKings tournament, it's only going to cost you a dollar. Uh, just reply, send us your DraftKings username, and and we'll get you in. But uh, I'm I'm calling out our commissioner. Shame on you. Shame on you. But but the worst thing is like we want to give him some sort of punishment, but. The biggest punishment would be, hey, you can't be commissioner anymore. <laughs> but no one wants to be commissioner of this league. It's it's like all my fraternity brothers. We're oh. a bunch of degenerates. It's a hard job. No one yeah. wants no one wants to do it. So I we got to come up with a, a punishment. The best for, thing for this kind of betrayal to a league, make him bench his defense the rest of the year. What I would do, I love that. What I would do, maybe that's cold hard. Because you guys collusion. are a fraternity, maybe haze him a little. Is that, is that too much? Too well, soon? Sigma too soon? a non-hazing fraternity too soon on, on, on record. Too on record. Soon uh, we're a non-hazing fraternity. Too soon? Put okay. that on record. Okay. Um, let's move so, on. So <laughs> let's, let's get off of Zach and talk about his Uncle Mac. We're going we're gonna to get into some picks. Just to be clear, it's Bal's Uncle Mac. Yeah, sorry, Zach, Zach and Zach. And That's that. 
drink. It's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me. You gotta enjoy some more of that Austin. To pills. decipher the two retards in the room. We know it's hard. We know it's hard, Spencer. Just doing anything with um, your brain. Just enjoy that that delightful Strangeland brew. A beer for any occasion. Beer for any occasion, and any occasion would include the Texas at Kansas game. Saturday afternoon, 2.30 in the afternoon. Texas coming in at a 24-point. 24-point favorite. Seems like a lot. Seems like Kansas is bad, though. Get ready uh, for a whooping. Oh. Charlie Strong is fighting for his job. Woo! It's time to bring the ass whooping to Kansas. I got Texas in a route. I think they just oh. feed Foreman, and then they throw it to the other Foreman. And all we talk about next Wednesday is how Foreman is the name of the century. Everybody name your kids Deontay and Armani because it's going to be yeah, Armani. a route. That's a cool name. Armonte. He's got that T. Armonte. He's got yeah. that nice name. Armonte and Deontay. And Deontay's got that apostrophe. It makes D it, apostrophe. Yeah. yeah. They, they got some cool names. Um, Should be a good Uncle, weekend for them. Uncle Mac touching this? Yes. I know he doesn't like. I know he doesn't like Robert again. You guys know the rule. Tech never been, never been on Texas. Uh, it hurts just a he little. He lives and dies by the rules, man. But but I'll say this: if if this game was at eleven, he would take Kansas in the points because Texas has been so bad off the bus. And honestly, he told me he was tempted to take Kansas in the game. Twenty four feels like a lot, and Texas has just frankly not been good on the road this year. But. 24, it, it's too many points. He would take Texas if he was I'm, going to, which get, he is not. We're getting the second I'm, road win. I'm for sure taking Texas. I'm I'm taking those points. I'm taking Kansas in the points. There's all no way Texas day. wins by 24. They haven't done it all year unless they played Western Texas, A&M, El Paso, whatever that team we played earlier this How's year. How's that game? UTEP, um, go Miners. Yeah, that one. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking Kansas in the points. A&M at home against uh, the our, our Bobcats rivals, UTSA. That's right. A&M is, I'll say, only a 27.5-point favorite against UTSA, but their football program has turned around. You know, they're, they're only a couple years. I mean, they practice, yes. They do practice. They're only a couple years deep in the program. They've, what, three, four years, five years, something like that. 27.5. Um, just because of what a has been doing, I'm taking UTSA in the points. I think they'll do it by less than four touchdowns. Valid? You know, I- I'm putting this in the category of games that I'm not watching this weekend. <laughs> uh, Uncle Mac told me the same thing. a has got to cover UTSA, right? Uncle Mac is taking the points. It hurts, but <sighs> four touchdown lead for Texas A&M, even with a backup quarterback. Me and Mac are on the sauce, man. I, I don't know. Texas A&M could play Am I just gonna a walk-on. Am all night? Probably. I mean, Texas A&M could play a walk-on quarterback off the streets right now. Is Hoover Nick give a walk-on? Him, give him he three plays to run, and they walk over UTSA. Uh, it's a route. I, I think Texas A&M puts up 45-plus. I think they hold UTSA under 10. Well, let's, I, see I think that, it's a let's see if that defense can do anything. Um, My favorite team to hate on, Baylor. Uh, again at home. This time they face Kansas State. Kansas State two and a half point favorite. Of course I'm taking Kansas State. I can't root for Baylor. I, I can't, can't root for Baylor. I'm all Kansas State. I'm gonna be wearing purple on Saturday. So, the color of kings. Uh, yeah, Baylor. I'm, I'm the king. Baylor is gonna get blown out by Kansas State. Predicted that two weeks in a row. Uncle Mac predicted that. Sorry, two weeks in a <laughs> row. 
the team's already in a downward spiral. Now losing Seth Russell, it hurts that much more. Kansas State gets right against Baylor. Oh, I man. could not care one bucket about Baylor because they are awful. They're hey, let's bad. cheers to all being on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go K-State. Pause, um, pause for <laughs> a cheers, and this new Strangeland Brewery is fantastic. I mean, I gotta say, man, this, this plowshare is delightful. It's a little sour. But it's so good. The, it's so delicious. The Ale Mania, I think, is what we decided it's going to be called. Yeah. I'm sure Adam, the owner, is going to correct me on that. He probably uh, on, will. On With those Wednesday. two ends, I think it's Ale Mania. Just a real Ale Mania. Just it is delicious. delicious beer. I don't know any other way to slice it other than that. It, well, it's, it's, it's crafty. The, the Austin Pills, the Austin Eye Pills, still goes good. It's a beer, beer for, for any occasion. occasion. Um, moving on from that awful team in Waco. Uh. Oklahoma, the only team in the Big 12 that has a chance, goes to good old West Virginia. Mountaineer State. They're going over there. Yeah, Mountaineer State. They're going to fight the Mountaineers, and they're going to blow them out. Watch yeah, out. They're, they're only a three-point favorite. They said three points. You know, I got to say, West Virginia is the best defense in the Big 12 by a stretch. A stretch I think, is, is pushing. I think they're good. I mean, they're a really good defense. And at home, they've been great. But... P. Ryan, D.D. Westbrook, Mixon. They still give up a lot of yards. You're going to get the house, and I yeah. think this just is going to be too much getting, Oklahoma in this you're game. You're getting a full Oklahoma team. I'm taking Oklahoma in those points as well. Uncle Max says, not so fast. <sighs> Put an OU on upset alert. West Virginia at home takes this one outright. I'll give Mac. Oh, wrong team favored? Wrong team favored, baby. Wow. I'll give Mac the fact that OU likes to go on the road and do terrible, but not today. They're off. Not today. Is West just Virginia too couldn't good. put up more than 25 points against Texas. Come on. Um, so, the game that I got on upset alert or at least upset watch, um, Louisville goes into Houston, and this is the game that we all circled when Houston beat OU and they were undefeated, ranked in the top 10, top 5. I'm taking – I don't think Houston will win the game, but Louisville comes in as a 14-point favorite, and they have a tendency of playing bad games on the road against mediocre teams. And I got to say that I think Houston covers that spread at least, if not, you know, if not wins that game. I, I, I think that's, that is the one game to watch for as far as an upset. Do you remember week one of the college football season, Spencer? Do you remember when Oklahoma walked I, into Houston and they thought, you know, we're gonna start our season off right. It's we're just gonna Houston. take we're gonna take a team that thinks they're really good. We're gonna set them up on our non-conference schedule. We're gonna go beat them real good. They can look good the rest of the season and bolster our schedule. Yeah. Louisville. I do remember that. Watch out, because guess what? Houston, I got them out right this week. I got Louisville on upset alert, Houston in the dome. It's it's all Cougs this week, baby. You they're know? not in the dome. They're at their, their oh, new right. stadium. You're right. They got I'm, that brand new stadium. They got to play in it. That is my fault. They I, are outdoors. I'll tell you this. It's going to be a little chilly I, this still weekend, Cougs. actually. I, I, Uncle Mac told me he thought he was going to be the contrarian in this one, but he agrees with both of you. Here's a few things to consider. 
Houston, right now, is undefeated against the spread as an underdog. Ooh. Only game they've been underdog in was versus OU. Okay. So, not a fake stat. Not, not a, a fake, fake stat. stat. That's not a fake stat. And this game's on Thursday night. Louisville has to travel is it, it is Thursday, right? to yes, Houston. It is. You know, teams that travel in the NFL Thursday nights don't do very well. And for college kids, it's just as difficult. And Tom Herman can add a little, uh, a little bit of money to his next paycheck that he hopefully will be getting at Texas. Um, mm. by, maybe not actually. That's not I don't that, know if I'm on board with that, but continue. Regardless, he's going to add some money to his next paycheck by getting a win against Louisville at home. I like them. They win outright as well. Cheers to the same page, you gotta, fellas. Again, you got a lock of the week or what? <sighs> Uncle Mac, we talked to Uncle Mac and... Oh, yeah, I meant does Uncle Mac have a lock of the week? I don't use Yeah, Uncle Mac, his last two locks of the week... He struggled. Have been have been not so great. He struggled. They've been awful. Uncle Just Mac. so we're clear, terrible. What was it last week? What what was his log? I, I can't remember. Washington against USC. Was <laughs> oh, that's right. That's league. right. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta Uncle, stop taking these playoff teams, man. Uncle Mac's gonna take a break from lock of the week. He he, he that's let me know. Smart. He's very sorry for anybody who put any sort of substantial money on either of his locks of the week. He's gonna take a break, and uh, and and perhaps in our next episode. I'll tell you what. Instead of Matt giving us the lock of the week, I got us this week in one of my favorite games of the weekend. The best game of the week. Washington State travels down to Boulder to play the University of Colorado. Colorado's a four and a half point favorite at home. I think that's a very respectable uh, favorite. I think Colorado's got a great nationally ranked defense. But watch out. I got Washington State on upset alert. They've been playing great. They have not lost a conference game that we alluded to earlier, and their two losses came early in the season. Mike Leach has this Washington State team playing lights out right now. Watch out. Washington State goes on the road and gets a huge win this weekend. Yeah, I'm on your side. I I, I agree. I, I love Mike Leach. I've loved him since he was at Tech. Um, I, I, I haven't seen anything from Colorado enough to, to really impress me. Yeah, they're... Eight and two, six and one in the in the Pac-12. But guess what? Washington State ain't lost a game in the Pac-12. I got I got Wash State. About you, you know anything about this, or you talk to Uncle Mac about this game? Uncle Mac lives on the East Coast. He doesn't he doesn't stay up to watch that <laughs> Pac-12 West Coast sissy football. He's he's staying out of this one too. All right. Well, that will conclude our college football segment. Thanks, uh, thanks for, to Uncle Mac. Thanks for talking to Uncle Mac for us, getting those picks in. Yeah, um, he, he's gonna call back in at some point, but he, he's been busy. Now we understand he's a busy guy. Another another big time subject for me. We're gonna move on to the NFL, and oh boy, here you know, we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, go ahead and and can you grab me one as well, Zach? I'll, I'll get the beer. Because me and Ballard are going to talk about... Zach grabbing beers. Isn't that nice? Yeah, because we're going to talk about the Cowboys, and i got a lot He's to been talk such, about. He's in such a bad mood, though, lately. He has been in a really bad mood today. I don't uh, know what it is. I'm in a great mood, though. Yeah, me too. Because the Cowboys go all the way down the field in 42 seconds. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, with a rookie quarterback, rookie running back, score a touchdown to win 35-30. They now have... The best record in the NFL. Best record 
in the world. The Cowboys are the greatest football team on planet Earth right now. Not, I mean, not planet Earth. I mean, Alabama's undefeated, so. Alabama is from a different planet. I don't know what they're doing here on planet Earth. But the Cowboys. Well, hold on, hold on. Speaking of another planet, I did see yesterday that it was the 20-year anniversary of the Monstars blowing a 66-18 to halftime lead to Michael Jordan and the Toon Squad. So, <laughs> speaking of another universe. Talk about a letdown. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's worse than the, the Warriors blowing 3-1 lead in the finals. You know, Uncle Mac bet on that game. And Dude. he took uh, Michael Jordan and was happy to see that How one How do you bet against way. Michael Jordan? Um, back to this team that's from another planet as well. Well, I guess Alabama's from another planet. The Cowboys. Heaven sent. They actually do have the best record in the NFL now. Um, Dak Prescott finally threw for over 300 yards. So I know that that probably made Zach happy. I hope you started him in your fantasy league. Um, you know Two it. touchdowns. You know it. Another huge QBR of 121.7. <laughs> and just the composure all game long, just all the way to the finish was impressive. Um, he trails only Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees in QBR in the NFL. Um, and Zeke the Freak, dude. Good God. Pittsburgh's defense isn't very good, I'll say that. But he had over 200 total yards and three touchdowns. And one of those was an 83-yard screen pass, which, whether or not... What a play call. Yes, and whether or not... Um, Braxton Smith is listening. We had a, a Facebook argument. We are not friends on Facebook. We had a Facebook argument. He said that Zeke Elliott is not faster than Shazier when he burned the entire Pittsburgh defense multiple times. Mm. Yes, that offensive line is the MVP of the NFL, in my opinion. But God, Zeke is so fast. And his breakaway speed all game long from start to finish, he saw it on the very last drive of the game. He didn't get touched and just burned people all the way to the end zone it looks so good so braxton i told you i'll give you a shout out if you listen to our show you better be listening um you know tough for des tough night for des uh his father died saturday evening i believe and he came out 116 yards and a touchdown uh, the late touchdown was was huge for Dallas to Beautiful. to take the lead. I was playing against Dez in fantasy, and it's one of those like, oh yes, oh no, oh no, yeah. oh who cares moment. Yeah, yeah, you kind of you kind of have more. I I know I have more. I was way more invested in the Cowboys game. More investment, more more care and worry in my team than I do about my fantasy team. Um, Man, Zeke is three yards away from breaking the Cowboys' all-time rookie rushing record. Mm. Trivia question, do you know who set that record as a running back? As a running back, as a rookie? As a rookie. Dallas? 1,005 yards was the Dallas Cowboys' rookie rushing record. Who set it? Trivia question. Was Dickerson a Cowboy? I God, I'm so embarrassed. Don't think so. I don't know anything about Dallas. Dickerson was not a cowboy. He played for the uh, Houston Oilers. So Dorsett? No, Dickerson didn't play. Uh, he says Dorsett. You say? I'm gonna go with my boy Emmett, just because I don't know anything about these. Clowns. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, it was Tony Dorsett. Well, you're the expert. Yeah, and, and he, he set that back in 1977, which is also the, the last time the Cowboys went on. And... 1977, we were all fears in 1977. Yes, yes. We were, we were fear in our parents' eyes. Um, our parents probably haven't even, hadn't even met at that point. So I'm saying, people, they were worried about that accidentally happening. Yeah, and um, it's the first time they've gone on an eight-win streak. Children. And so this week they have a chance to go and break the franchise record for most wins. Um, da, uh, De, uh, Zeke, Dak, oh Dez, Zeke, they're all, I love they them all. all. Yeah. Um, Zeke actually did set the longest catch by a Cowboys rookie on that 83-yard touchdown pass. So a lot of records broken. Even though Pittsburgh did whatever they wanted, the Cowboys do still rank 12th in I, total defense. I, I will say the one thing we – We've given credit to Dallas for this year so far. It has been their defense. Their defense has stood yeah, up and overachieving. They've, they've gotten stops, and and this was the first week where we saw them challenged by a really high-powered offense. And they and they let up yards. They let up scores. And you know, I mean, even that fake spike touchdown to uh, Antonio Brown. It's a great play. He went all he went all Dan Marino on us. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was good to watch. I mean, Big Ben coming back. You want to see that from a Pittsburgh Steelers standpoint perspective but i think the biggest thing was dude dak and zeke were not scared not faced any at any point in that game they were not worried about the pressure or what was going to happen next they just went out there and did their yeah, job and, and, and the mean, first the first took, drive it took two face mask penalties before they called it on that last drive for dallas and i mean i'm glad they got it because they deserved it he almost ripped cole beasley's head off in the dude, first one dude you have no idea how loud i was screaming that that you don't miss that call i mean it's missed often i have seen a lot of it and to see a guy's head turn all the way 180 degrees around i will say it's embarrassing that it is missed but i mean that's that goes uh, we could ooh. talk about how poor officiating is in the nfl all day yeah we could um, but we won't so speaking of dak he's a starter Romo has gone on the record saying that Dak has earned the right, and Romo is now the backup. So we'll get into that in our nightcap. Um, the other team in Texas, uh, it's always hard for me to talk about the Texans, and especially the Jaguars. Let's get through these jokers. Um, the, the Texans win, and they remain in first place in the AFC South. Uh man, their Brock Osweiler didn't do a damn thing. Their receivers, they have DeAndre Hopkins, and he can't get do a damn thing because their quarterback can't get him the ball. Will Fuller was hurt, so they didn't have him. The only real offensive weapon they have is Lamar Miller, and he pretty much won them that game. The defense won the game, in my opinion. I say the defense won them the game because they Lamar scored a touchdown kept there. Because they scored a touchdown yeah. on a turnover. Absolutely. But they're not good. They, I mean, yeah, the Jags' M.O. all season has been to give up or to turn the ball over, lose the game from the first three quarters on, and then score garbage points. Absolutely. They, they, they only lost by three points. It was closer than it should have been. Houston should have run away with that game. I just don't, I don't know what's going on with the offensive scheme. I thought Bill O'Brien was more of an offensive guy. Am I wrong? I don't know, man. Wasn't uh, he an offensive coordinator in, in New England? Yeah, I think he was. Think or he was a quarterback, quarterback coach. coach? Yeah. I think he was a quarterback coach. Yes, I believe before that's correct. He, before he left. 
Um, but that's the thing, man. Houston went out and paid way too much for Brock Osweiler. They never even met the guy before they signed him, which to me is just a huge mistake in my opinion. You can't just watch a guy and go predict that he can replicate that. The other thing is their offensive line is just not good. Yeah. Their offensive line is bad. And Lamar Miller has had a pretty good season so far. I think, you know, he he's had his ups and downs. But Lamar Miller is the only consistency that you get out of that offense. And yeah. DeAndre well, Hopkins. Well, he's having to do so much work to get those yards. That's very true. And DeAndre Hopkins, in all honesty, just looks pissed off all of the time. Like, I don't blame him. Like, he takes what he can get, but, I mean, good grief. Like, I don't you got to have somebody. I mean, it's the NFL. Let's be real. you got to have somebody who can get the ball downfield. You have only, to be able to get vertical. The only and, guy in that this Brock, league. the only guy that Brock can throw to is his two tight ends. He threw a touchdown to Griffin, <laughs> and Fedorowicz is the only other guy who ever scores. And they're super inconsistent. They drop a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another team in that division, um, who's doing the opposite, doing nothing but impressing, the Tennessee Titans. Man, mm. God, the Tennessee Titans. They go. They had a home game. Against the Packers, who the Cowboys beat at Lambeau, and the Colts beat at Lambeau. So, the Packers are getting destroyed by the AFC South. Because Marcus Mariota went in and put up 35 points in the first half against the Packers' defense. They win 47-25. Mariota throws four touchdowns. He continues to dominate whoever he's playing. And the Green Bay's defense continues to look depleted in the secondary and just absolutely horrible i gotta say that Mariota is my guy he's my fantasy quarterback i'm gonna stick with him till the end because he he hasn't i mean honestly that that offensive line is the second best in the league behind the dallas cowboys they've done what the cowboys did they've drafted o-linemen in the first second third round and gotten very good solid pieces that they can build on, and make a solid offensive line. You saw it on the first play from off uh, from scrimmage for Tennessee. They, what, 75-yard um, touchdown run from DeMarco, who was here uh, in Dallas. Yeah, DeMarco Murray had a, a huge game. He threw a touchdown, too. He did, and it, and it double hurt me in my fantasy league, actually. So DeMarco had kind of a career game. He actually tied the uh, trivia. DeMarco tied the franchise record. Four consecutive games that games of the touchdown. Five games for him. Is this as a running back? As a running back. Eddie George. I was gonna say who held the record before? I say Eddie George. I say Eddie George. Say Eddie George. You're both wrong. Earl Campbell. Oh, that's that back record. to the oil, yeah, that's back to the, the Oilers days. Yeah, Oilers days. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I think I actually heard him say that, and I thought that it had to be Eddie George. No, they threw a trivia question out on the on the show. I think. I was watching Red Zone. You don't you don't always get all the, yeah, the I think comments it, yeah. here. Um, but but I'll, the Packers' defense is, yeah, is awful without Clay Matthews. They just don't look the same. They they don't have that presence. They're in, just depleted in the secondary. That, I, that honestly, is well. I didn't think they were that good with Clay Matthews. I didn't either. Uh, I mean, they their, had their moments. Their front seven is not They had their worse. moments. You know, they, they had guys that could pressure the quarterback, but – They've always been a run-stop defense, and they're, they're secondary, even with HaHa Clinton-Dix. They, they're just missing so he's, many guys. Yeah, he's the only guy who's He's the anything. only guy who can guard But he him, plays but. safety. So yeah. There's only so much he can do. Um, Man, what are we doing on chicken wings? Are those, those going to get started, or what? 
Yeah, I'm going to go sign them right now. Okay. Right I mean, before y'all start talking about some other birds, the uh, eagles and falcons, we'll get those those bird wings going. Hey, that's a hell of a transition. God. You like that? Come on, man. Getting better, baby. Come on. If only we had a sponsor to if, sponsor if, that transition. Dude, that, that, is a, that is a dirty bird sponsorship right there. Hey, um, full disclosure, you guys guessed on the uh, the chicken wing flavor last week, and I'll own up. I said I gave y'all a hint of south of the south border. South of the border was weak. He went new of the border. I went new of the border, New Mexico, Green yeah. Hatch Chili. Yeah, we have we have one listener, our good friend Joe Andrews. Uh, he says he listens to the show for the sole fact to find out what the flavor of chicken wings is the weekend. I'm glad we make him wait post one hour yeah. in the show. Uh, we're never going to disclose that before before an hour. Never, because because I still uh, don't know. I saw him. I tell you what, though, that hash green chili. So delightful Very good. last week. You what gonna you give us a hint this week? You guys got guesses? You gotta have a hint. You gotta have a real hint this week. <sighs> okay. Um, a legitimate hint. <laughs> a, a legitimate hint. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that we have not had it yet. Okay. And uh, maybe the maybe the island folk enjoy this. The this island flavor. folk. Island. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Don't answer right away. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna work on the chicken wings. I'm gonna simmer on this for a And I'll yeah. be back. Try try not to mess up island folk. The the uh, recording of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't press any buttons. I'll be right back though. Okay. Clearly we're not gonna press any buttons. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, clearly. Island folk. <laughs> clearly. Okay. Um. So yeah, back to those dirty birds. Um. Eagles and Falcons, man. That was an exciting game actually for a little bit. And then it turned into uh, <laughs> a joke. Really bad offenses. Yes. Uh, the Eagles' defense is very good. They, um, they are very good, and they gave Matt Ryan trouble yeah, they, they, all day. A lot of pressure. And the big thing that they did that not a lot of teams have done to Atlanta is shut down the run game. You know, yep. they they made it hard to get yards on the ground, and it pushed Atlanta into relying on Matt Ryan again. And you know, you've seen over the last several I mean, years. double triple cover Julio Jones. I yeah. mean, I mean, he had a day. He yeah. had a good statistical day, yeah. But the team played awful, and mm-hmm. you know it's just good game planning. We talk Matt, about we talk about it. the Eagles are one of the most efficient defenses in the league, and they showed it this they week. They forced a lot of turnovers too. Yeah, and and they did well, you know. And and you saw you saw Ryan Matthews finally break out and and have have himself a day. Um, that Which could, helped Carson, you know. That could be, yeah, that could be part. Due to uh, the Falcons' defense, who really has had trouble stopping anybody the past two years, um, so but we know that's not their mo. Their mo yeah. is Matty Ice getting the ball downfield and scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and you know Julio. Yeah, you're right. Julio did have his day, but it it wasn't the day that he needed to win that game. There there was just no other help. I mean, that's the thing. I think when we look at the Eagles' wins this year, they've been really solid wins on the backs good teams, on the backs yeah. of their defense yeah. against good teams. Yeah. You know, whenever Carson Wentz good is, is not having to do so much, yep, they do really well. Yep. But it's those games where it starts to get away from them, or it stays even, and they don't ask a lot of Carson Wentz. They don't get the ball downfield. They keep everything short and underneath. And it yeah, just it hurts their offense. That's all it really got. hurts their offense. Yeah, I agree. Um, sticking with the uh, NFC East, we'll go to that team from Washington. Because um, I don't feel like saying their team name. I don't. 
That's another weird little deal that I don't like. I don't know why. I just I don't like their Washington's team name. I I can get away with Cleveland because they're yeah. just Indians, but I mean Washington. Yeah, um, you could do better. Yeah, it's twenty sixteen. So you know, Washington played the uh, what well, was originally the best team in the NFL uh, through five weeks. Yeah, through five weeks. Five and zero oh, through five weeks. The only uh, they were the only undefeated team at the time, I believe. Um, they've lost four straight. They're five and four. The Vikings have lost five and four, uh, four out of four games. They're bad. They're not good. They're not good. Their <laughs> offense is, is worse than the Texans offense. Well, I, you know, you take away a perennial all pro running back. Yeah, I you're agree. going to have problems. I agree. You take away a perennial young quarterback who is starting to develop trophy his winner. own team. Didn't Sam Bradford win a Heisman? Sam Bradford won a Heisman. However, his accolades in the NFL have not been so bright. Um, he, uh, Sam Bradford is... To just, say the least. He had a bad team in St. Louis Rams when he was there. Yep. He got beat up. He was hurt all the time because he couldn't stay upright. A lot like Tony Romo in his early and years. And then he got sent to Philly who had a... Even worse line. And then they traded him to <laughs> Philly, who had a terrible offensive line, got a brand new system, and said, hey, Sam Bradford, go run around and run 90 plays a game and, yeah. and do well. Yeah, and, and, then, and tear your ACL again. And then they traded him for a first-round pick. I don't know how Philadelphia cashed in on as much as they did for Sam Bradford. Steal. But Trade rape of the century. Genius. Um, I mean, let's hold off on the rape that's not the best word but you know <laughs> philadelphia took advantage of we're not of talking about baylor you're right you're right <laughs> we too soon, too soon probably too soon but uh, but I, I think that's the thing is you know minnesota got super desperate for a quarterback and they got sam bradford and that's probably the worst thing that they probably could have got yeah because i'd rather have josh mccown right now than sam bradford running that offense i mean he can't get the ball to stefan diggs he can't get the ball to cordell patterson he has been getting the ball to diggs though he's had two diggs, weeks diggs had a good week this two week. weeks in a row of 13 plus catches yes he, and i think that's an nfl record he struggled to come back i think he came back three weeks ago and he yeah had a really rough but, time but two weeks in a row of 13 catches but, or more i think that's an nfl record but the thing is it's either him or rudolph it's not both. It's yeah. not any combination of that. No, and there's nobody else. Jarek McKinnon has not gotten going. Matt Asiata, they don't, he's not doing anything. Yeah. And, and their offense is just bad. Yep, I agree. And their defense is the only thing that keeps them in games. And, and Kirk Cousins is... Uh, Kirk Cousins is good. He's a good quarterback. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. And you like that. And you do def- like that. Kirk Cousins was willing to give credit to his teammate who came up with ooh It wasn't... It wasn't an original. It wasn't a Kirk Cousins original. Uh, but you um, like that. That's you do all like Kirk that. Cousins. Um, so Redskins are probably the hottest team in the NFC East, other than the Cowboys. Uh, they've oh, you said their name. You I did. did it. I did say it. Dang it! Dang it! Can we edit that out? I don't know if our producer ballot is at that level. <laughs> I don't yet, know if he knows but... how to do that. We can maybe edit that out. We'll see. Maybe blurb it. You know what? I don't even think Ballad goes back and listens to any of these podcasts. Probably not. Um, man, one of the best games of the week was Chiefs at Patriots, man. The Patriots continue to just... Or, 
Chiefs and Panthers. Sorry, not Patriots. Um, yeah, let's get over this one real quick because. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Oh, hey, we're just talking about bad NFL games, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not more more Texans talk. We, we've actually moved on to the Midwest team in Kansas the, City. The, oh okay. The, yeah, the really good offense in Kansas City, um, playing the really good offense and team and leader at quarterback. The in, really good uh, defense. In Carolina, yeah, the best defense in the league last year in Carolina. Um, man, <laughs> uh, I love watching Cam Newton lose. It's kind of, kind of exciting. You know what? I I don't like to watch games like that, Re- regardless of who's losing, who's winning, who's playing. This was a disgusting game. Yeah, right? I mean, awful. The Chiefs were beat in every statistical category, <laughs> and they won. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. That man. says a lot about Andy Reid and that team. I'll I'll say that much because. Kansas City, all they do, they continue to win. Their defense is doesn't good. matter if Nick Foles' garbage ass comes in and plays. It doesn't matter if Alex Smith's garbage ass comes back from a concussion and plays. They just win, man. Jamal Charles is out for the season, maybe for his career. They just, they just win. God, I don't know what it is. There's some, there's something I like about Kansas City. Not, not that they're they're flashy or exciting. They just win. That's that's all that matters. That's all that matters at the end of the I day. I just don't like how Kansas City wins. And, you know, I got a really good friend who I'm in a league with who's a big Chiefs fan. And, you know, they've been good. I, I've i liked the Chiefs in the Clearly in the you're past. talking about Will Jackson. Oh, absolutely. I know who you're talking about. But He's the only Chiefs fan I, I know. I mean, my goodness, man. The Chiefs are just an embarrassment to the league. They win in the worst possible fashion. Like, I would rather watch Browns games almost than Chiefs games at times. What in the hell is going on here? Exactly. Because the Chiefs games are just, the offense doesn't move the ball. They play the the position game and long drives, and they play it down to that. And their defense comes up. Their defense is good. Their defense comes up with points, and they win games. But, I mean, good God. You, You know what's got me fired up about this game? It's Cam Newton's post-game conference, he's still wearing stupid hats. I don't know what it is. Every week, he comes to that podium, and he's wearing a stupid hat. He's This week, he had some stupid gold fedora. Like, who wears this Look kind of stuff? Is, I mean, I will Wait, say... Exactly. I will say, Valid, he walks into the stadium like that, and he leaves that way. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, I, I can't stand his attitude after he loses the game. If, if I walk into work, and I'm wearing a hat... They're probably gonna tell me to go. They'll home. tell you to leave. And and I work on the phones. Like I'm not even in front of people. Same with all me. Day. Yes, I work on phones, and they would. We don't. We're not allowed to wear hats. Like Cam, you get to wear a helmet the entire time you're playing. That's kind of like a hat. <laughs> like, why do you have to wear a hat when you get to the stadium, while you're playing, and then afterwards? Like, it's not like you have bad hair. You're not LeBron James. Like. Yeah, have a, a, a healthy yeah. head of hair. Take um, the stupid hats all right, off. I'm done hearing about this game. I'm done a, seeing hats. It was a bad game. All right. Hold on a minute. It was a bad game. Um, <laughs> Man, the most exciting finish, though, was definitely Broncos at Saints. Oh, yeah. You know, I got to say, that I was a little crazy. upset in one of my leagues. That was crazy. They don't give points for when a special team oh, no, you don't returns get the two-point two That should at least conversion. be two points. Exactly. I'm so – I would have lost anyway. Offensive players get two but points. But I'm so mad about it. So, yeah, they what was it? it was interception. Um, that set up the – Yeah, it was an interception, the, right? That set up the touchdown? 
No, no, no. New Orleans the, the scored, two point, or was New it Orleans a scored a touchdown. Blocked field goal. And we're, we were tied For some reason, at I can't 20, what 23. Why? Because you drank so many Strangeland breweries. I was drinking some Strangeland on Sunday. It's a beer for any occasion. A beer for any occasion. It is. But Cheers. New Cheers. Orleans scored a touchdown to tie the game at 23. I know they that. They were kicking the extra point uh, yeah. to win the game. Yeah, that's what it was. And Denver jumps the center, yes. blocks the field goal, and gets a return for like seventy yards. No, it was a hundred, it was like no, it was from about the thirty or twenty-five or thirty. Bounced, yeah, okay. Um, I'll say this: Uncle Mac had the Saints at minus. No, I'm sorry, had the Broncos at minus one and a half. Love to see that the game uh, went that way. I bet he was pretty happy. So, oh. Oh, I forgot about this game. Now I know why Zach's been in such a bad mood. So salty. Um, the Seahawks went into Foxborough and a home game for Mr. Brady and beat the Patriots thirty-one twenty-four. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the Seahawks score thirty-one points in a long time. You know what? I've held it in long enough tonight. I'm upset. I'm a little irritated. It wasn't a good week for me. The Longhorns lost at home in a close game that they should have won. And then Sunday night comes around, and I get home after a long <laughs> weekend of coaching, and I think, here we go, a home game. The Tom Brady I had to look forward to. Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium. We're going to get a win. It's going to be a good game, but we're going to get a win, right? No. Should. Russell Wilson comes in and says, Hey. No. My knee's better. I think I can play again. And By the way, Val, that was perfect timing on the no. <laughs> I mean, Hank my, Hill on you know point tonight. I'm tired of Doug Baldwin as well. I'm just over it. He destroyed y'all. But I'm not going to blame the Seahawks for this one. I'm going to blame not Belichick. Huh? Not Brady. Huh? Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Shut the hell up. Who runs two quarterback sneaks from the one yard line? He's got three touchdowns in the game already. Give him the ball three or four straight times and score the touchdown. I'm 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 over it. I can't believe it happened. Gronk knocked over Byron Maxwell on his way to try and catch that ball, so I don't know. There shouldn't be a pass interference call, or there should be, but there wasn't. It is what it is. It could have gone Maybe either way. Contact, on it it yeah. could have gone either way, honestly, but yeah. it, it's irrelevant. You should have ran the ball with Garrett Blunt every single time and not Tom Brady, but it is what it is. The Seahawks got a good win. You know, we can look forward to the playoffs, I think, you know. And the Cowboys now have the number one record in the NFL. Thank and that, you. And that's, yes. And that's fine. Yes. I, yes. I would love to see you guys in the Super Bowl. I think that I would think be, be awesome, man. great for the NFL. We would have such a great show. I We'd think it would be talk, great for our show. We would talk nothing but Super Bowl. We'd have a Super Bowl show. And the, the Super Bowl is in Houston this It year. is in Houston. We could take this show on the road. Ooh. Ooh. Some, get some credentials. What? All think right. about it. Think so, about it. That's all for... Wait, time out. Uh, Tom Brady... While we're talking about the Patriots, have y'all seen Tom Brady's new Foot Locker commercial? No. Oh, my God. It is hilarious. I, I own Tom Brady in a few leagues. I'm a, I'm a big fan for now. His 
new his Foot Locker commercial is such a troll on Deflate Gate. Oh, we'll post it on social media so you guys can see it. Speaking, it is I did hear speaking about that. of hilarious. Speaking of social media, uh, I almost forgot we we did post a. Um, a Facebook status the other night and about the Monday Night Football game, um, asking everybody to make their picks. You know, the three of us made our picks. Uh, you two did pretty well. Me and, I, uh, me and Zach's friend Cherie, who is a huge Giants fan, obviously voted for the Giants to beat the Bengals. Me and yes. Ballad voted voted for the Giants to beat the Bengals. We didn't vote. It wasn't like a democracy. It wasn't a vote, but we said that the Giants were going to win. Obviously, Cherie, being a Giants fan, said that they were going to win. Um, the election's over. There's no more voting. Right, right. Like, I know yeah, you, no love, more, to, I no love, you. I know you love to vote. Right. But we can't do it all the time. Um, you're gonna have to take that sticker off at some Zach, point. who did you? Who did you pick to win that game? You know, I chose the Bengals. That was stupid. I chose a shootout, which I also didn't get. It was twenty-one to twenty. It wasn't a shootout. It was a close game. We'll and what's worse is Tyler Eifert did not have a good enough game for me. Yeah, you did say Tyler Eifert was going to go off. so. But you know what? You win some, you lose some. Yeah, you lost this week, this week in I'm a couple not. ways. Um, but this week we got Mexico City, and I think my luck can change in there. <laughs> this week there is a Mexico City game. Um, the Texans playing in Mexico City. Against the Raiders, technically the Raiders are the home team? Monday night game? It is a Monday night game. You know what? I like that the Raiders are the home team for the mere fact that I feel like Mexican fans, from what I've watched in U.S.-Mexico soccer games, are so rowdy, yeah. and the Black Hole fans are so yeah. rowdy. I think this will be a true home game for and the, And it wouldn't be right for the Texans to be the home team, because I'm not a fan. I've been to a Texans game. That's just encroachment. It's just not fair. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Texans fans. So, um, so Spencer, who you got? Who you got in the, the game? The Raiders are a five and a half favorite. I'm taking well over that. I think the Raiders win by two touchdowns. I think they're a better offense. They're going to destroy Houston. I think, I think traveling games are always hard. You know, we've watched a lot go. But to it's a London. short travel for both teams. Yes, it's down south. It's we're staying in the hemisphere. I think this bodes well. The Oakland Raiders are on a roll. Yep. Derek Carr looks great. Latavius Murray looks great. In my opinion, great. the second best team in the AFC behind the Patriots. Cooper looks great. Crabtree looks great. I think this offense is rolling. Yep. I think their defense is good. I got the Raiders by two touchdowns or more. Well, that's where you're wrong. I talked to Uncle Mac. He got the game at six points. I don't know why y'all got that five and a half. <laughs> Texans to cover this game. Uh, I'll be the contrarian here. I uh, see the Texans winning this one on the road. <laughs> um... <laughs> On the road. Okay, uh, so back to um, the other team in Texas, the team that you know me and Ballard care about. Best team in the world. In the world, yes. Amer- Amer- um, America's team. <coughs> yes, they, yes, yes. They are America's team. Um, so they are playing at home against the Ravens. It'll be the Ravens' first time to play at the only team in the NFL to never play at AT&T Stadium, by the way, if you all didn't know that. Um and the Cowboys have never beaten the Ravens. It's kind of weird. I didn't know that either. They've only played the Ravens four times, but they've never beaten the Ravens. Um, the Cowboys are a seven-point favorite, but the Ravens have the number one total defense and the number one rush defense. 
And we all know how that last time they played the number one rush defense at the time when they went up to Lambeau and played Green Bay against the number one rush defense and they demolished Green Bay. That's right. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think they win by more than seven. I don't think the Ravens' offense is any good. They're actually ranked 25th in the NFL in total offense. Flacco's garbage, and even our depleted secondary is going to destroy him. Yeah, yes, yes. Exactly Not so fast, it. my Dallas Cowboy compadres. <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet. They want to know where the haters at. I'll tell you what. I don't think Baltimore wins this game outright. I think on the road it's too much. But I think Baltimore will cover this spread. I got the Ravens in this one. Um, it is the best defense in the league right now. T. Sizzle is yeah. looking extra hot. He's um, looking young. He is, man. He is getting in I'm the backfield. I'm impressed with T. Sizzle. I think, I think that's the thing is with Baltimore, you overlook them because their offense is very lackluster. They don't have any perennial offensive players to help Joe Flacco out. And I think that's what's causing them a lot of problems. Um, Terrence West has been really good for them on the ground in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Steve Smith okay. Sr. came back last week and had himself a ball game. I think the uh, the duo of Steve Smith Sr. and Mike Wallace gives Dallas some trouble in a depleted secondary. I think Baltimore is able to score some points in this game, and I think their defense holds a couple of times at key moments. Um, I think it'll be a very, very close game, but I think the Ravens will cover if they don't win outright. Well, that's where you're wrong. Not so fast. Cowboys by nine. Dak just took the reins of this team officially. They're at home. The crowd is going to be pumped. Cowboys are going to win this game, and they'll cover. All right, so let's just go with picks. No talking. Um, cause we need to get through this. We need to get to our, uh, our special call-in guest. Um, Almost forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so, Saints at Panthers. Panthers are three and a half point favorite. I take Saints. I got the Saints. I think their offense is rolling right now. Drew Brees looking extra young. He's got a lot of weapons. And Mark Ingram and Hightower look good. So Give me the Panthers. You're taking the Panthers. Okay. So, you writing these down so we can... You should write these down. You're the producer. You should... I should, but... I should do a lot of things as a producer. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. But you know. Yeah. Um, Titans at Colts. Colts are a three-point favorite. <laughs> uh, this is the biggest joke to got, me in the I NFL, got the, bro. I got the Titans by two touchdowns. God, yeah, I could not agree more. I think the Titans go on the road. I think they get a huge win in the division here. Valid, go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, you know, I, I actually hate the Colts at home this week. Give me the Colts. You're a joke. You are you are out of your mind, dude. You want these home You're teams. You're so crazy. For whatever reason, I don't know where your head's at, Ballad, but I like it. Um, let's see what else we got. We got the Pats at the Forty ers Yeah, we got that. Going across the country. Patriots are almost two touchdown favorite. And I think that is an insult. I think Tom Brady. And the New England Patriots, after a home loss to, uh, albeit a good team, yeah, a good, good, I think very they go crush Colin Kaepernick and the Chip Kelly 49ers. I'll, I'll take the over on that, too. I think it's over 13-point win. Um, I think the Pats I think they steamroll without the 49ers, honestly. We agree. Go, Pats. Uh, Eagles at Seahawks. Seahawks in the 12th, man. Six and a half. 
point favorite. Um, this is a tough one, man. I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna take this. No, I'm gonna take the the under on the points on that. I think this is gonna be another one of those like nine to six games. This is gonna be weird. It's gonna be a bunch of weird defense, all defense. I think it's a lot of defense. I think the Eagles like to give up points. They like to stay in that teens to twenty range. Yeah, but and and played. now and seeing now that Russell Wilson is starting to develop that that kinship with Jimmy Graham, I think Seattle is gonna do well at home. I think Doug Baldwin being back and healthy has been good. Uh, Curse has been solid for them all year. Um, I think the biggest thing is that it's in Seattle. Yeah. And I think it's advantage all Seahawks. Yep, absolutely. I think this game gets up into the twenties, but I think the Eagles will cover this. Yeah, I, I think, think it'll they be cover. A I think the Seahawks game. win. I, I I'm in there with you. I that. think the Seahawks win. Absolutely. Um, I think it's Seahawks too. Yeah, it should be an exciting game. That, that's actually gonna be a good one to watch. Um, Packers at Redskins. Redskins two and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Redskins at home. I'm I'm, I'm saying they cover that. Valid. Uh. Yeah, you know what? No, give me the Packers. Like, you can get it right. You almost said it like a Packer fan. That was good. Um, Zach, what you got? I have no idea why Ballard would go and change his home field advantage picks to the Packers at this <laughs> point. Um, but that, Well, the Redskins are at home. Redskins are at home. That team that plays in Washington is at home. Yeah, that team. That team. That I got to think that the Packers are just not very good right now. Yeah, because they're, they're of everything that I've seen, they just don't have the capacity on offense to maintain drives, and yeah. I think that's what destroys them. I think uh, Washington wins this one at home by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan. Um, so Charlie Strong lost the game. A lot of people have been saying that it's not going to hit his eight win record. He's not. Well, yeah, he's not going to hit. Will that. fall shy. Um. What is his future at Texas? Because I, I, I think I think he's gonna stay. I really do. Because honestly, the the coaching market is not great right now, and there's only a few. I coaches. mean, the only thing you're really looking at is what Tom Herman and Les Miles. I think those are the yeah, biggest two. Yeah, that you're and and at. Les Miles is, um, oh, uh, reportedly being looked at. Um, where did I hear that? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that, I don't, I don't see Herman going to LSU and I don't see Les Miles coming to Texas and I just don't know if Charlie Strong is going to be sticking around because the big talk is that Jimbo Fisher's going to LSU. So Tom Herman's obviously not coming to Texas or I mean, not going to the, to LSU. Um, so uh, there's really not a whole lot of job openings. I, I just... mean, the thing is, over the last two years, we've watched everybody in, around, in and around Austin talk about, let's can Charlie, let's move on, it's time to move on, it's over. You know, that talk happened in year two. He's barely gotten his sophomore class going. We get to year three... His first crop of junior class is just not shaping out. That defense hasn't been great this year. At times yeah. they've been good, but not great. You've never seen that flash of greatness on defense yet. Um, but I, I think you're right. You know, the market is very small right now. And honestly, he's still one of the 
most highly respectable coaches out there. And I think yeah. he's done things here in this back half that have really bolstered um, his ability to continue to coach at Texas. Granted, I think he's on the shortest of leashes next year if he comes back. But if he comes back. I think he has the ability to come back if he closes this out, gets a seven wins, and wins a bowl game. And I think that's the big if, is if he wins that bowl game. And with that, I do want to welcome our special guest, uh, a good buddy of all of ours, Chad Goodall. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? You know, oh, we're talking... I'll we're, one thing. We're talking about Charlie Strong, hey. and I gotta know, what is your feeling on on Charlie's job, and what does he have to do to keep his job? Uh, well, fellas, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but um, I really like... I really like him. He's been up and down this year and past, and, um, you know, him having let go 17 assistant coaches in his tenure does not look good, to say the least. Yeah, I so, agree. So, with the way that the program's going, I think Charlie Strong has to win out in order to keep his job. Well, and that's been... And as much as it pains me to say that, I think that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, and that's what everybody's been talking about. And then you lose a game like they lost on Saturday and you dominate the game in pretty much all facets of it. And it just it just adds more to it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's a... It's really a toss-up at this point because the, the coaching job market is so bad right now. There's nobody to go it's out terrible. and get. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely terrible. You know, um, you're looking at Houston being the guy. But if he gets snatched up, who else are you going to go get? Les Miles? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. I think the best thing that Texas can do first is hire an AD. I yeah. think that would put them in the best position to succeed moving forward. You know, I'd give Charlie Strong another year. If he goes, you know, two and four to start it, then by all means make the change and let's get going. But make, have the new AD make that decision rather than putting Mike Perrin or whoever on the spot to make that decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, you know, we're you are our new – college basketball expert and I, I wanted to first talk about since since you me and um, Zach went to high school together I do want to talk about uh, a kid out of McNeil that actually just got uh, he just committed to Oregon um, Victor Bailey Bailey jr and I teased it at the in the intro of the show um, committed to Oregon and he's in the top 100 in the ESPN. Um, and in rivals in the nation, so he is, and, and he he can ball, man. A lefty, he can shoot, and he can jam. What what do you think about him? Did you did you watch any of the highlights of his mixtapes or anything like that? Not only have I watched some of his highlights, I remember seeing him as a sophomore playing and thinking this is a man amongst boys. When he's I mean, throwing down windmill dunks, windmill dunks as a sophomore. Yep. The kid, the kid's the real deal. He stands six foot three, guard, left hand. Um, like you just said, man, massive vertical. Um, you look at his highlights, and he's nearly hitting his head on the rim every time he goes up. Yeah, you know. The only uh, thing I think he needs to work like on. About him, though, Spencer, the one thing I like about him most 
is his quickness off the dribble. Yes. He pretty much lulls people to sleep. And so, you know, he can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. Um, Good pickup for Oregon, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and the one thing I think he needs to work on off the dribble is is finding a way to go right. A lot of the highlights and a lot of the stuff I've seen from him is uh, going to his, his strong side and going to that left side. Um, so going from high school to just out of high school, um, you got any freshmen you're looking at this year in college basketball? Oh, well, fellas, you know, Mr. Shannon, you can uh, probably attest to this. We all love the old school, you know, having the senior captain leader taking that last shot to win the game. That's just not the case anymore, boys, in college basketball. It's all about those freshmen. And you look anywhere from Duke to Kentucky, um, stacked with freshmen. You look at all of the draft boards right now on future future draft picks. They're all going freshmen. So um, when we talk about some of the good freshmen that are – you know, coming out and they're they're getting ready to start doing their thing. Um, I'm gonna have to start with my boy from Kansas, Josh Jackson. Uh, the guy's the real yeah, deal. He had you know, a game. He, oh, he he reminds me of Andrew Wiggins is what he does. You know, Kansas alumni. Yeah, I mean, and he, he can he kind of do anything he wants to with that ball. And the only thing I will I will argue about your last shot is you know Frank Mason did hit the game winning shot last night against Duke, which is pretty exciting game for for oh, a very good one Kansas of the best team. games I've seen early on absolutely uh, speaking absolutely. of and, and, and you the, know Frank Frank Mason I, I could have sworn that that guy was out of college two years ago jeez Kansas that tends guy to that do that around and he's still there I mean, Kansas you know? tends to do that he's a grown man he's got to be 40 by now Kirk Heinrich Nick Collison those guys stayed forever he's on that Texas State schedule stick right? around yeah, yeah he's still there jeez hey, Hey, Chad, Zach, Zach here, but, uh, you know, talking about that Kansas-Duke game and how great that game was, you know, looking forward to to the cream of the crop, the college basketball schedule that we got coming up, who are your way-too-early Final Four predictions teams to watch this year? So let me tell you this. Um, with the Kansas State-Duke, or the Kansas-Duke game, Duke was about three of their star freshmen, if you guys – don't remember. I mean, Harry Giles, number two, coming out in the nation. Um, Jason Tatum. They, they were all on the bench. So Duke was without three of their starting guys moving forward. Yes. So that game, come you know, two months from now, will be completely different than what it was last uh, last night. Oh, but absolutely. Getting into yeah, and so getting into my early Final Four, you know, um, way too early, Chad. Way too early. They, they, is way too early, two games in, but um, I really, I really like the freshman class this year in college basketball. So I'm going to have to go strong with Duke in my early Final Four. Of course, you know Mike Chichester is going to have those guys ready to go no matter what. Going to have to roll Kentucky in there as well. I think, I think Kentucky has eight freshmen this year on the squad. So um, really young, but they're very athletic. And if we know anything about Kentucky, they're going to be in it until the end. I'm throwing Indiana in there as well. Indiana is one of those teams that I think is going to be a sleeper moving forward. They've had two solid wins this year so far. Um, I have them in my early Final Four as well. 
And then I have Syracuse. I don't know if there's necessarily so a sleeper. Syracuse. I don't know if Indiana's a sleeper. They did beat they did beat Kansas in the opening game of the season. We're not talking sleepers, talking way too early Final Four. And my boy Chad agrees with me. The Syracuse gonna find their way in. I like that pick, Chad. Whatever, man. Yes, Whatever. They bring it back to zone. Uh, Chad, we're talking about the teams to look for. Your your way too early Final Four. Give us a few busts. Who is who is not gonna live up to expectations coming into March? Overrated. Oh. Overrated. <laughs> well. As much as I like the way that Draymond Green plays in his alma mater, Michigan State oh. is not going to be there at the end. I have them getting knocked out of the first round in the tournament this year. Haven't they suffered enough? Haven't they done bad enough in football? you got to put that same juju on them for basketball, Chad. How dare you? You, you know, you have to. You know, they, they, they look pretty mediocre so far this year. Um they, they all also are young, but Tom Izzo needs to do something because those guys are not playing together yet, and it can only go downhill from there. Yeah, I think so I think Izzo I have, may be near the end. I think he's, I think he's probably close to being done. Maybe one more run, I and he'll call agree. it. He'll call it done. Well, I I think you look I at. I think you look at guys like Cal Perry and and over at Kansas, you know, and Mike Shashevsky and Roy Williams. Williams, you know, those guys. They come in ready to prepare freshmen to be starters. Yeah. And I think over at Michigan State, it's not that type of program. And I think that's, that's the hard thing is Mike Izzo deal. is used to working with senior, junior leadership and having guys that have been around the block a little bit. I think, you know, it, it's hard when coaches who are asked to coach guys out of their element have only their element to work with. No, yeah. I absolutely agree, Zach. And uh, to piggyback off of that, you're having freshmen coming out now, their main focus is going to the NBA. So they come out of college and they're going to go to a Duke or Kentucky over Michigan State because they know if they're going to Michigan State, they're going to be there for two to three years. So it's not necessarily a developmental of them. It's more of a developmental year by year by year rather than your John Calipari throwing everything at them at once, letting them develop and then sending them to the draft. So that's why I have Michigan finishing, you know, outside of what they're projecting to this year. I, like I think that. they finished third in their conference. Yeah, I like that. And uh, just so, I mean, you have Indiana and Purdue in that conference. I think both of them are gonna gonna outplay Michigan State. Ooh, Purdue! I like that early sleeper. I like that insight, Chad. Uh, and you know, to kind of wrap up our, our basketball portion, you know, who who's the biggest dark horse this season? Who do you see coming in? And kind of messing things up when we get to March Madness time. Oh, guys, as, as much as it pains me to say this about this team, um, I have nothing wrong with their basketball program, but their football program I cannot stand, and it really, really disappoints me that I have to say this name. But I think Baylor can make a run for it this year. Um, they look they look really good early on, and they have a couple guys back who were out last year as well. Um, you know, Joe Little Jr., He's seven feet tall. He's averaging 10.6 blocks a game. Um, didn't play last year because of a heart condition. You know, he huge in the middle for those guys. Oh, and just to let you know, he can also step back and hit the three as well. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's tough to guard someone like that. Um, with the way the Big 12 is, Baylor's always very competitive. 
you know, they're going to play hard. They're going to play fast. I think Baylor could uh, rustle some feathers this year. Absolutely. <sighs> Well, Chad, you know, we are we're looking forward to having you on the show as a regular as our college basketball insight. Uh, we're in the we're in the heat of football season, though. And while we got you on the phone, you know, the 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 college football rankings just came out. We we're, we're curious, though, if you had to put the top four picks in for college football, uh, who are your top four picks in, in, in college football right now? So the top four right now that I have. I think they're going to change by the end of it, but um, you can't help but put Alabama number one. You know, it's it's men playing against boys right now. They're rolling on all facets. Um, it's Alabama's championship to lose. Absolutely. If they Obviously. lose, it's because Absolutely. they do something wrong. So, um, after that, I have Ohio State. I love the way they're playing right now. Um, quarterback play, running back play, and let's think about this too, guys. It, there's, you know, more than 15 starting freshmen on the Ohio State Buckeyes. They yeah, and they're, young, they're younger they're than Texas. And they're motivated. They're younger than they're Texas. They're younger than Texas. Technically, so but Texas actually has more has more younger, uh, more freshmen, sophomores playing than any other team in the country. Correct. Correct. Um, they're, I think, right behind that in what Texas is. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to youth, they have a lot of it. And they are good. Yeah, they got some studs. Um, and when, you, when you put that with Urban Meyer, I mean, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so um, after that, I have Michigan. I like what Jim Harbaugh is doing down there with them. Um, you know, they got one of the best players in the world in Peppers. The guy is an animal, full size the ball, all over the place. I know uh, Zach is high on him, and I am too. He's a good, really he's, good player. He's flexing his arm right now about Jabril. He's um, he's literally I mean, flexing in the room right now. Peppers are a hot commodity, baby. So after that, in this ranking that I have right now, is Clemson. Oh, uh, oh no! Have, let me tell you this. The reason I have Clemson over Louisville is Clemson won at Auburn early on in the season. They won at home against Louisville, and they won against Florida State. Louisville's only win against a top team is against Florida State. So if I'm looking at the eye test, yes, you know, Louisville passes the eye test, I think, better than Clemson does. And Clemson has played a lot of close games to teams they shouldn't have. Well, they both have. But whenever the lights come on, Louisville has only beaten Florida State that's ranked. Yep. Well, we talked about it earlier in the show that, you know, Louisville's got a game that we all circled at the beginning of the season um, tomorrow night against Houston. In Houston. So... That's that's one of those that's one of those games where we we all called upset or at least covered the spread, and I think uh, Zach, you actually called um, the wrong team favored, right? You yes. you picked Louisville yes. to win, so no, I got Houston in an upset. Oh, Houston, Out, yes, outright. I mean, yes, I mean, outright, yes, yes, yeah. So Houston in an upset, but you also have to take into to the account too of what Houston record is right now when they're playing. Yeah, and you never know what you know? Houston team's going to show up. Exactly. Exactly. Especially with all the Todd Herman talk. Um, you know, they could quit just like they did earlier on in the season. So, um, you're looking at, if they do win, you're looking at two quality wins over, um, you know, top 20 teams, top 25 teams. But Clemson still beats them head-to-head. 
Clemson still has an extra win against a higher-ranked opponent in Auburn. So that's why I have Clemson ahead of them right now. Um, depending on how the Big Ten shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised to see if Wisconsin or Penn State get in there as well. Hey, Chad, that, that, that's why we bring you on for that, that good insight. But before we let you go, Zach's got a question for you. Zach, shoot away. Yeah, so Chad, the uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom was announced today. There were three candidates that are going to be awarded the medal. Can you name those three people? Oh, I, I, I could not. <laughs> I had no I, idea I either, Chad. Answer, but I couldn't give it to you off the top of my head. <laughs> well, it, it was great. The, the White House announced today that they'll be awarding the Presidential Medal of Freedom to three uh, candidates. Uh, Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are both uh, expected to receive the award tomorrow. I've heard of them. And then uh, the third person, um, another well-known person, Vin Scully, uh, the voice of the Dodgers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, He will be a (laughs) – yeah, no, not quite. Not Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. But he'll be receiving the award as well. (laughs) I just gave Um, Vin Scully the kiss of death. Yeah, Oh, my God. We're worried now for you, Vin. But uh, he'll be receiving the award, um, and he just retired from the Dodgers this yeah. year, did his last Dodgers yep. home game in September, um, and his last official Dodgers game was October 2nd on the road. Um, so congratulations to those three guys. That's a, a huge award, um, and it comes with great accolades from great respect. Awesome. Well, hey, Chad, thank you for making the time to call into the Sports Buzz tonight. We look forward to having you soon, and, and we're going to have to ship you— This is going to be a regular thing. Yeah, for sure. And we're, we're going to have to ship you some uh, Strangeland Brew so you can uh, so you can drink along with us while you call in. Hey, I was going to tell you, I'm drinking a Strangeland right now. Out in Houston, huh? Yeah! Uh, yep, out of Houston, Texas. Yeah, it's, it's a beer for any occasion. Went to, went to <laughs> in any location. Picked it up right before this. In the limited edition bottles, or in the edition cans as well, so I got the orange going on. Um, it's fantastic, gentlemen. Hell yeah, Absolutely. man. Thank you so much for coming by, and we will talk to you very soon. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we appreciate it, Chad. Absolutely, fellas. All right, you have a good one, buddy. You're going to let me come ruin this podcast. Oh, no. No, it was, it was awesome. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> have a good one, guys. Later, bud. Hold up for a second. Why does Chad think he can take my job and coming on and ruining the podcast? That's like kind of my thing, is it not? Yeah, you're pretty good at ruining it. Um, so God, I miss Chad. Chad's good. At least he's yeah. pretty good at not editing it. Yeah, if, if sure. Chad was if Chad was uh, not in Houston, he'd he'd be here on the show with us. He uh, might be a more qualified producer. Just, just maybe. I don't know. Just maybe. Um, I I know he was upset that. That uh that we started this show, and he wasn't here to do it with us, cause I know he'd be here right alongside us doing it. Um, but then we'd have a three hour show, and our oh, fans we'd talk just forever. Couldn't hang in there. So speaking of that, we're we're, we're I'm running, hanging in. We're running on time. Um, I do want to play some audio from Tony Ramos' uh speech, just a quick thirty second clip. I do I do want to say before we get into this, you know. I have a great amount of respect for Tony Romo for what he did in this press conference. And I think it was a very classy thing that he did. The one thing I have a huge problem with is the body language of Tony Romo throughout. Because I went through and I wanted to watch the whole press conference to see his behavior, how he reacted, when that emotion kind of came in. And we'll talk about about it. And I think it's a big piece of it. We'll talk about it. Um, 
Ballad, go ahead and hit that. A great example of this is Dak Prescott and what he's done. He's earned the right to be our quarterback. As hard as that is for me to say, he's earned that right. He's guided our team to an 8-1 and one record, and that's hard to do. If you think for a second that I don't want to be out there, then you've probably never felt the pure ecstasy of competing and winning. That hasn't left me. In fact, it may burn more now than ever. It's not always easy to watch. I think anybody who's been in this position understands that. But it, what is clear is that I was that kid once. Yeah, and, you know, watching it is different than, than hearing it. You, you can see, you're right, you can see the body language. And to me, it feels like he was so emotional and it's so hard for him to say it that that he didn't know how to really present it. Even though it was written down in front of him and he was reading off a piece of paper, it was coming from his heart. And to me, it was a class act, and I think he did right by every Cowboys fan, because I, I, I thought it was great. And, and Ballad, I think you thought it was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really hard, I think, for any man to to speak in front of a public and say, hey – you know, this is not my job anymore, regardless of what your job is. And so yeah. you're going to take a backseat to a, a someone who's just walked into the I office. Concede, yeah. So, you know, I think I think Tony left it open, unfortunately, that he may not be a Dallas Cowboy uh, next season. You know, I have this really bad feeling he's oh, going to end well. up in, the, in Cleveland or in as a New York Jet. Uh, I hope um, not. But he's here for now, and he made that yeah. very clear, that yeah. he is going to be a Dallas Cowboy the rest of the season. He's and here he's going to support Dak. In this team, so yeah. I'm I'm all on board with with this uh, this press conference, and I don't see any way why why anyone would not be. Yeah, and I listened to to Dez talk today, and and they tried to ask him about it, and he he wouldn't talk about it. They asked him about his dad, he wouldn't talk about it. The only thing he said was, "This is a family. That's the one thing that you can take away from that game ball. It's a family. It's not just a bunch of guys playing football together. This is a family." And and look. The Cowboys have gone through a lot this season. Yeah. They they suffered a a major setback to their starting quarterback in the last preseason game of the start of their season and it changed a lot of things for them. But whenever I look at Tony Romo in that press conference, I see a guy who was told by his owner, Jerry Jones came in there and said, "Hey Tony, you have to give the job to Dak. It's not up to us." to give the job to Dak, even though we've already given it to him, he's earned it, he's done everything possible to earn that starting job. But you have to go out there and for the fans, ultimately give it up to him right now. And I see that. I see yeah. what what's good about that and how it perpetuates the team mentality. But when I look at Tony Romo in that press conference, I see somebody who is defeated because he got beat out. Not by circumstances of his own and not in his own accord. Yeah. It's not that Tony Romo played himself out of a job. He got hurt and it got stolen from him. And so – Well, and he did the I same see, thing to Bledsoe. 
I'm gonna kick your well, ass. Tom Brady did the same thing to Bledsoe. Exactly. You know, I I, I exactly. have seen this before. Whenever I first started really watching, you know, it was Drew Bledsoe's Patriots. Yeah. And then he got hurt, and Tom Brady came in and said, "You know, I'm ready." And he took over. And then by the time Bledsoe was ready to come back, Brady was on a roll, yeah. and it was over for Bledsoe. And at that point, Bledsoe had moved on. He went to the Bills. He went to the Cowboys. He went around the league for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, and and I just I can only hope. That Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys won't do what was done to Bledsoe because Bledsoe had more time in his career than Tony Romo did. Yeah. Tony Romo is in his mid-30s. He needs to retire a Cowboy. And so at that point, you can't trade Tony Romo. You cannot no. give Tony Romo no. away no. because, A, you'll do something bad to Tony Romo. He cannot produce with an offensive line that's not built to protect him. I agree. And... You can't do bad by him because he did everything you ever asked of him whenever the Dallas Cowboys were a terrible offensive line, a terrible offense, and he did everything he possibly could. He's one of the best quarterbacks statistically. Yes. I will always think of Tony Romo as Dan Marino because he won't have won a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, if they win a Super Bowl this year, it will be Dak Prescott's Super Bowl. But I think at the end of the day... Tony Romo deserves that Miami Dolphins ride into the sunset. He deserves that yeah. Dallas Cowboys retirement. I got I on the horse and I went to the Ponderosa. Yep. Um, the only thing I'll dispute about that is that I feel like, you know, Romo was genuine in what he said. It was just hard. It's it's hard to talk. I mean, you lose a job. Say you're you're at your job that you work right now. You lose your job because somebody else is better at it than you are. Or younger and getting paid less and has a different upbringing. I mean, just just bring something different, you know. Um, it's I, not it's not going to be easy for you. Uh, and, and the the guy is so competitive, and you can see that. You can see it just burning in him, and it just it hurts him to to say that yes, Dak has earned this, but I am still behind him. You know, you can see it burning him. Yeah, it hurts me to say that, but he's earned it. I, and then I, he goes on to say, I will be there for Dak, and Dak, I have Dak's back, and Dak has my back. Yes. And and, and Dak has reiterated the same sentiment. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is I think the culture in the locker room is perfect right now for the Dallas exactly. Cowboys. They're all behind each other. They're yep. ready to win a Super Bowl. It's a family, man. Yes. And I think Tony yes. Romo... As much yes. as much as I want to sit here and say his body language was bad in the press conference, it was. But I can see your point. It's just it, the it comes from a competitor who is emotionally exhausted yeah. because he can't compete at this point, and he's ready to compete. I think Dal- I, I think Dallas is ready to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're they're set to. I think it's theirs to really lose at this point. I mean, they have the Man. best backup quarterback and, in the league right and now. And for the for the sake of this show, God, I hope it's the Cowboys and Patriots. There'd be mm. nothing. And I got another pa- a friend who's a Patriots fan, Boston Red Sox fan. Um, you have friends, Spencer? I do. A I few, thought we were your few. only. I got a few. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chad and... I did think you only looked forward to this podcast. Chad's I really do. Yeah. I really do look forward to this every single week. Um, How could you not? But yeah, I, I mean, I have nothing but respect for Romo. I think somebody told him it had to be said, and that's what it comes across as. I think it could have been edited, but I think it comes across as he wrote it. And it, and that's what you need at that point. It felt, it felt pretty it genuine. It felt from the heart. It felt, it felt genuine. pretty genuine. I, I will give you that. 
I just felt like his body language was off, and I can understand. Yeah. I can understand why. If you just listen it's, to his voice, though, you could just feel the pain, and it, it hurts. And it's hard to say that somebody's better than you. It's weird to be at that point in your yeah. career. Um, especially when you work at being the yeah, best. Yeah, and I, I really, I really don't think the the end of his story is done. I don't think the whole story's written yet. Um, I really feel like something. I mean, he did say something magical is going on with this team. I feel like something's going to happen where he ends up coming back. Um, so we'll go and wrap it up. hope it's a Super Bowl victory that he comes back in. Yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for the night. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone still listening to this. <laughs> There's no I mean, way. Thanks for sticking in if you did. If you did, God, that was, I mean, that was, was fun. I had a great act. Dude, I enjoyed it. Both of you guys, I really enjoyed the show. I loved having Chad on talking some college basketball because I do love college basketball so much. Um, it's gonna be so good once Mark Madness comes. What can't is, wait till college baseball, man. What I mean, is the flavor? What is the flavor of the wings this week? You guys gotta tune in to next week to find out. That's, we gotta have our guess. Oh, yeah, that's right, well, guess. Wait, we have to guess. Yeah, yeah that's uh, all I'm saying, man. Spencer, you first. Island folk. Oh God, it's gotta be something. Ooh, man. Why do I always gotta go first? I'm, I'm go, go, you know what? I'll take that pressure off you, Spencer. I'm gonna go Jamaican jerk. We're going Bahamas. Damn. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be peppery. It's going to be delicious. I was going to go Gotta love a little chicken. different island. I was thinking Hawaiian for some reason. Like some sort of... There's a lot of islands out there. Some sort of like mango habanero or something. Like some sort of weird... Dude, pineapple? pineapple? Like a pineapple. Ooh. Yeah, something with pineapple. Because we've had mango habanero in the past. Had mango habanero. I was thinking something with pineapple. So I'm, I'm going to go pineapple with something... You know, I'm going to stick to my Jamaican That's, Jamaican a, that's jerk, a good guess. You said it and I got, you know I got what? mad. I think... So. Oh, man. I just have this feeling that this kid from the Philippines over here is just going to just tie us up here. And just go Thai spices and just make it Oh, tie, tie oh. us up? I feel, I yeah. see what you did there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So We're getting you, better every week, folks. You will, find, you will find out next week. Don't let the suspense kill you. I can't believe, I can't imagine anyone's still listening. I know. In the event they are. Oh, I hope Joey's still listening. I, I got it. If Joey's still listening right now, I will laugh so hard. If you're still <laughs> listening, thank you so much. Please like us, share us, Wait, tell out. your Before friends. Before you do all that, I got to let you all know. I, I snuck a few past you. No, you didn't. I, I snuck enough to earn a oh few. Oh my god! A few. Uh, a few. We did as, so well this as week. As Spencer throws his script, fake stats of the night. You guys were good. You guys are getting much better. We I'll, called I'll out like that. eight fake stats. I, I snuck this one in early. I mentioned that Devontae Foreman had Deontay. His name Deontay. is Deontay. What I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Whatever his name is. It's written down. I you mentioned the five touchdowns? Yes, I've written the five games without the first time. I wrote it down. You wrote it down. You didn't you didn't talk it out. I wrote though. it down because I needed to fact check you. Yeah. That's that's not that doesn't count. I wrote it down. Stay Spencer, focused. You gotta be better about this. I wrote be it down, man. Check the tape. I wrote it down. Hey, you, you wrote it down. It I'll show you the paper. Hey, hey, they can't see the paper, man. That's all I'm gonna say. And then and then I mentioned the OU bounced back after giving up fifty-eight points to tech. You have 59 points to Tech. You guys were close over there, but but not quite. Ballad wins again on the fake stats. Part. I'm I'm playing I'm playing the rest of this podcast under uh, protest uh, because I wrote down that I didn't think that that was a real fact on Deontay Foreman five games. Hashtag not my producer. 
Hashtag not my producer. I will say, this is our best week on calling out fake stats. We got it down to two. Yeah. Yeah, we, we called we'll, out like six or we'll seven. We'll get this to zero at some point. Um, Someday. Huge thank you to Strangeland Brew. Yes. A beer for any occasion. They they got a lot of a lot of beer. They got fourteen on tap at the at the actual brewery. Go visit. Tell us you heard it on uh, the Sports Buzz. And I'm a huge cra- huge thank you to Chad, Chad Goodall for for coming on and talking some college basketball. Our college basketball expert. I I really enjoyed that. I, I I'm a huge fan of college basketball. Um, guys, it was fun. I had a great time this week, guys. Um, I look forward to next Wednesday, as always. Whoa, actually, I, I meant to bring this up in the pre-show meeting, but I was drinking before that. Um, next Wednesday, I'm going to be out of town. Thanksgiving, I have a feeling next week, perhaps we won't have a show. I'll be, I'll, I'll be in Alabama. This is possible. We will keep all of you updated. Spencer and I will be trying to get this together. I'm scheduled to work. I was going to try and get that shift switched. So if you yeah we'll talk Maybe, about it. We'll we may have a this. show with me and Zach. We will keep you posted. May have a show with me and Zach. Ballad's gonna be out of town. We'll figure it out. Keep up with if us. Not, we'll at Sports back. Buzz TX Facebook yeah, Twitter. We'll let you know. Go drink some Strangeland Brewery and thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening, I doubt you are. But we had a good time tonight. Talked about a lot of stuff. We're out. This party is officially over.